My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. We're, we're uh, extra excited right now because yep. we got a guest We're very excited. <laughs> and his name is Chad. Hi, Chad. Hi, Chad. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. You guys, we have our first guest ever. Yep, in the official podcasting room. It's yeah, all... it's pretty exciting. Yep. Okay. Official podcast. So welcome, Chad. Thank you for coming on. Um, Tony and Chad went to the same church together. Yeah, so we were kind of baptized around the same time. Yeah. What year were you baptized? 2008. 2008. Yeah. I was 2006, and then um, he was also a deacon, became a deacon in 2010? Uh, yes. 2010. Mm-hmm. And he was a house church leader. He was in several house churches, two, yeah. right? Two, two of them. Mm-hmm. Two house churches. And so we wanted to have him on to share his story with us. <laughs> and Chad's been out longer than me, so he's like really like farther along in his healing and everything so it's really cool to have him on and he's been like so helpful in my healing too like i'm always like you know i remember when i was first coming out i'd like send him little texts like Mm -hmm. you know is this normal for me to be feeling like this i say yes is this normal (laughs) and like he'd be really patient because you know he would like want to talk about things but i wasn't really ready yet so that's been really cool um one thing a lot huh one thing that happened a few like a week ago We've been talking to Chad. Oh about yeah, so on. Chad's been so we've Chad's been wanting to come on for a long time, like since mm. we started. We mm. knew he was gonna be a guest, so yeah. we're like super excited. <laughs> yeah. And then I got a message and said, "Hey, do you know this guy?" And it was a YouTube video, and it was and he says he's a deacon from Denver, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Chad's voice," <laughs> but it, somebody had secretly recorded him. Mm. On a phone a conversation. call and released it. And it was super lame and messed up. But it's actually a very great phone call. Even, yeah. Even though it uh, was released without you knowing well, it. Well, it's weird. Like, after listening to it, I mean, I remember talking to the guy, but I had no memory of, like, what the conversation was about. Yeah. And it's just weird because I think when I had that conversation, I'm pretty much, I was pretty much where you're at now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had just started speaking out online. Um... Because I, I didn't right away. It was it was about a year, 
after being out that I, well, I just started getting pissed off, you know, because I, they, um, they were just doing something. There was that interview with the Today Show, and I think that's oh, what yeah. started it because I saw how much they were lying. The Today Show did an interview. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that's a very good thing to see, but they're lying throughout the whole thing, and right. I think that's what triggered it, and right. I finally started just, like, commenting on these, like, public videos, <laughs> and that's how uh, this guy found me. And yeah. he started... I have the email still of, like, how we first started talking, and he was just telling me that he was questioning leaving. So I... Um, you know, I, I was doing whatever I could to help people get out, you know, because at this point I understood it was a cold, all this stuff, you know. And I, uh, yeah, I just wanted to help them. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you my story. And, you know, I was a deacon. I was very involved. I, I knew the nitty gritty of this place. So let me talk to you and hopefully that'll help them come out. And so he called me this one night and we had that conversation. And I thought I was just talking to him, yeah. trying to help him. Um and, you know, so that conversation was specific to, like, you know. But, but it was I, very private. Yeah, you very talked private about conversation. your marriage I, and things like that. And it's right. like, what if you were not ready to let your story be heard to the whole yeah. world? Yeah. Watching I mean, Tony's I, process. I was so it. angry because I, I think mad. we yeah. already have a trust issue mm -hmm. after what we've been through. Right, right. And so you were trusting this guy who right. you thought you were trying to help. Right. And then I understand his intention was good to, yeah. like, you know, put the truth out there. But still, the way he did it yeah. really makes Knowing me Knowing Tony's yeah. process and how hard this has been for right. her to know that, like, you had that really stood out. I mean, had I known I was being recorded, just, just no matter what the conversation is right. about, if I know I'm being recorded, it's going to alter what I right. say because I'm going to be, like, self-conscious right. about how I yeah, sound. Well, you or... wouldn't have lied or anything. No, no, that's it. just would have been more, yeah. like, maybe I shouldn't say, like, somebody's name or something like that. Right, I, mean, I was I calling know. people out right. specifically, and that's right. where I'm like, ooh. But right. yeah. I have no regrets, though, about that conversation. And right. I, honestly, I'm a little bit impressed with yeah, that version of myself sure. from four, almost five years for ago. Sure. Because... Well, some of the stuff I explained in that call, like, now I, I had completely, I'm like, oh, I totally forgot right, about that. Right, But, so, everything is truthful and accurate. I, I was just a little surprised of, like, man, For like, sure. being I, I was still crisp, you know what right, I mean? And so, right. over the last couple of years, I've, that, I've lost that because I just moved on. And right. it was actually right after that call that I think I've been so caught up with trying to you know, cope with everything and figure out, like, why they're not correct. You know, I'm looking, just reading all this stuff. And I think by the time that that conversation happened, I was just burnt out. I also felt alone. Like, so I felt a lot of weight on my shoulders because people were reaching out. And I didn't, back then, there was no community mm -hmm. of former members to talk to and have support. Mm -hmm. Like, they existed. We just mm -hmm. didn't know how to find each other right. then. And so I want to give a shout out to all the guys in our group chat sure. because I think it's really awesome that everyone has each other, that they, mm -hmm. whoever kind of like was able to do that and at least use modern technology and social platforms to find each other. Which is why they told us don't exchange information. Right, right. Don't talk to each other. They didn't want us to have that support. You know? That if we talked to each other, yeah. you know, we'd help each other and we would break and we would fall away and right. you know we compare would, stories. And yeah. we would uh be like evil spirits right. just spreading throughout right. one another and right. all that kind of stuff. But So they give you this fear to like contact other members. Yeah. When you get out. So. Yeah. Well and even with some that were even in Denver with us, um I I try to contact some of them but those guys did not want to talk about mm -hmm. it like they 
they were in a rough place, obviously, but they just didn't. It's like they wanted to forget me and forget the whole experience, mm -hmm. and so that was tough. Um, Everybody so, kind of goes through those stages, I think. Yeah, and just yeah. At, at that time, though, like, when this recording took place, like, that was really when I was like, I feel like I'm still losing to them mm -hmm. by giving them all this time of, like, caring about mm. them and to me it got to a point where i'm like these these mofos are not worth it mm. um they're not worth my time they already took enough of my time and so i really just stopped uh communicating with people online or trying to like uh help anyone and that's when it got posted so i had no idea all these years uh it it's happened. been on there for four years yeah. you guys almost five it's <laughs> march 2017 so we're like up. but um I am very, very thankful, though, that it did have the impact that right. it did on certain people. It did help and, other people come out. Because especially some of the people who it helps, like, they're the ones who are doing right. a lot of stuff on YouTube it's now. And it's really, yeah, it's yeah. really good. Right. And I'm just happy those people got out. I'm for glad sure. they're living a normal life now. For sure. Um, for anyone who's still in the church, I just want to be another person who confirms that when you leave, nothing bad happens. True. Actually, life gets significantly better. Right. And um, you were one... always afraid, like if you miss a Sabbath day, you're gonna get into a car accident. Yeah. Or like your family member is gonna die, and it's gonna be all your fault. Did you feel like that? Oh yeah, like right. you are terrified to leave because yeah. you feel like if you don't, you are immediately uncovered. Yep. By God, and you're like just this exposed yeah. thing in the universe yeah. that could just get destroyed <laughs> at sure. any moment. Sure. And yeah. only by being at that building with those yep. people yep. is what saves you. Yep. And it's just um, crazy. And yeah, I mean, you. But hey, we've been out how many years? And look at us. Yeah, I mean, We're so thriving. that's the thing. I'm, I'm telling you, I still haven't been in any tragic accident. Right. I still feel the same as I did when I kept the Passover. Um, I still feel like I am that per. Like I'm still the person that I, you know, I'm a good person, right? I'm not evil. Right. I'm not, I don't have all these evil desires because right. I lost the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. I'm still that same person with right. the same intentions in life of being a loving person, a good person, right. trying to help people. Right. The problem is, is just that while being in that group, I, you know, at that time, I thought that was the answer and the way, you know, it's doing God's will, but you can totally still live a good life and make a good impact outside of that place. Sure. Actually, even better, because sure. when you fall into their trap, you're not yeah. actually doing good. You're yeah. being a puppet that's uh, serving a higher agenda, and um, and it's not a good one. Yeah. It's it's an agenda to take advantage of people, and you're, you're one of them right now yeah. if you're still in it. That's know, something so. I wanted to ask you, kind of like what I questioned with you. Do you. Do you guys, like now, looking out, outside in, do you think that it's for money? Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. You do. Yeah, I it, think money is like the driving point. Of yes, the whole I, I think it. They. So what I've tried to explain before to people is that they really, you know, they they have this front of being a church, and not only that, the true church, right, mm -hmm. that has all the answers of life. That's the front, but really, it's just a way to make money. It's really more set up like a business structure, mm -hmm. you know, like it really has that element of any business. Um, a pastor is like the director, you know, of, of business. I mean, even executive level, right? Then you have a missionary, which is more of like, kind of like a senior manager, right? And then a deacon, deaconess, they're managers. And then all the gospel workers or any other member, they're staff level. Yeah, and right. so everyone is, you know, the whole thing at the end of the day, when it comes to how, how one of the most important things, you guys talked about this on a previous episode, but... 
one of the key factors of salvation at the end of the day it's about tithing and money sure. and all that kind of stuff and tithing so for, is how you're connected to god it's yeah direct connect they they can uh compare it to an umbilical cord yeah i mean I it makes always, it like, makes sense because and stay fed and everything like that right and it and it makes sense because you know we need a we need to have money to survive in this life right it's a given it's a it's a key thing and so whatever you spend your money on, that's going to be more of like what your heart's into. And they would explain that too, but mm-hmm. that's, that's how when you're tithing in this church, you're, you are being connected to God because right. you're giving all your money and resources there, you know? Whatever so, your heart is there, your mind will be or whatever. Yeah. Remember that yeah. verse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, yeah, so if you stop doing that though, it, like what happened to you, mm-hmm. Yeah, then they just cut you off at that mm-hmm. point. But like, if you are keeping one service a year and you're giving money, true. then they're like, "All right, That's cool." That's true. I mean, I can think of many examples, or one one specific that where <sighs> I don't want to tell them their business, but something really messed up happened. It mm. was in 2015, and it was where a deacon had an affair, mm. and uh, he was yeah he was married to a deaconess, and he had an affair with a younger member, right? Well. <laughs> The thing is, according to the Bible and all that kind of stuff, it explains, like, when that kind of thing happens, it's like in 1 Corinthians, but they are supposed to be kicked out of the church indefinitely, right, Right. for being adulterers. Well, he was suspended Mm. for a moment, for Mm. like a month, and people kind of knew what was going on, but then he wanted to keep service so bad that when he was allowed to come back, and he's tithing, he's giving his offering, Mm. and they were able to look over that entire situation Mm. and allow him to still, like, have his privileges even though this messed up thing occurred but i saw not only that though they totally took advantage of him because he had a skill that was mm. valuable to the he church was always working till yeah two, he three in the oh, morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah he was someone we were very close with and i just want to cry he, because i love him so much like he's such yeah. a sweet kind so then they had this over his head person. and they were like yeah they, ha- they held like it you. over his head oh, and, like but that was the same see i wasn't let, there then i was a thing in the house church or maybe i was yeah. in north bend i don't know yeah you yeah i don't think you guys are going to the main church but yeah. So, but I, that broke my heart because he was someone I was very close with. He taught mm. me a lot just even with like handy skills because mm. that was his main profession right. and he was very good at it. So the church used that for anything, free labor. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he did so much. And there was mm. things I worked on him with too, just kind of as his apprentice. But he, so main point being though, is just that they allowed him to come back, stay involved, all and this kind of stuff. because he was still tithing? Yeah, and 100%. Because like I would see him see him during the service times you know i was in the orchestra in those days so you can kind of see everybody who's in the audience and i'd see him there just looking so pitiful and mm. sad because he felt so guilty and shamed mm. and even though he had done so much for them but he he looked like they were doing him, he acted like they were doing him a favor mm. by allowing him to just be in service and give that offering mm. and and i just remember you know this is the, the year i got out was 2015 this is happening like six months before I left. And I just remember being like so upset for him um, that they were just, you know, like I had already been seeing other situations where people were being, being taken advantage of, but he was one specifically where. With the money. Uh, and you know, the thing is, is all the members give their money. 
Yeah. But then whenever there's a church project or uh-huh. whenever there's food that needs to be made, you have to still like give another offering. <laughs> I know. So it's like, where's all their money going oh, yeah. from the tithe and offering? Well, here's a lot of the debt that I racked up uh, right. while being in there. I had a lot of credit debt when I left. And... Um, but so much, like all that was church expenses, what, like orchestra instruments. Chad was uh, in the orchestra. What did you play? I played, I was in the horns. I played a horns. euphonium, a trumpet, French horn, yeah. and trombone. Which he loved, right? Didn't you love <clears> it? Oh, I loved yeah. it, but also... Huh? You still play? No. I, I tried and I was like, I was very ah. beautiful. They use music to like move yeah. you mm-hmm. and give you emotional feelings. Yeah. That's something that I read is that music can be used to like create certain feelings in yeah. you and yeah. like... Have a special connection because it, we weren't allowed to listen to regular, right? Yeah. We weren't allowed to listen to regular music. No. So we're in the car, we're listening to their songs. We're you know whatever we're doing, yeah. we're listening to their songs only. But yeah, I mean, we I don't know if right now is the best time to talk about it, but like some of the things that were causing me to leave, you know. So I was in the orchestra, and I, I always loved music. Music's mm-hmm. always been um, just I you know I'm not I always have dreamt of being good at it, and that's mm-hmm. what the thing about the orchestra is that it was like an opportunity to live my dream in some kind of way, like as a musician. For sure. But, um, so, and I joined the orchestra because I was losing faith after 2012. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I can confirm. They absolutely taught that. Absolutely. Um, They were, they were totally, they're totally a doomsday cult for For sure. sure. And uh, so they use fear in your money, you know, Mm -hmm. that's how, Mm -hmm. that's how it happens. But anyway, so when, from 2013 through the end of 2015, I just was like going through the motions. I was existing in this place, but like I could not be a teacher anymore. Just like I didn't have enough faith to even be standing in front of people. Mm-hmm. I would, but you know, I would go on these preaching trips, but I, I would find ways to just like kind of hide out because I was a deacon and I would act like I'm kind of supervising everything. I'm mm-hmm. on standby if you mm-hmm. need a baptism, but like I couldn't approach people because Chad had a baptism authority. He was able yeah, to baptize. I, I, yeah, yeah. I baptized a lot of people. Thankfully, I didn't bring many people in, but yeah. I did study with a lot of people that mm-hmm. later were baptized by me or whatever. I mean, it's probably been close to a thousand, maybe mm-hmm. more, in that five and a half years as a deacon that I, you know, because mm-hmm. years like 2012. Mm. thousands of baptisms mm-hmm. 2015 was like that mm-hmm. too with the year of jubilee uh, that was another like I prophetic year where, yeah they were they were repeating 2012 again yeah. but even larger scale like the mm-hmm. numbers were bigger in mm-hmm. 2015 um across the world you mm-hmm. know so um anyway i i just try to find ways to still be be involved but um i just was doing everything i could to avoid being a teacher or like a group leader, like feeling responsible for them. And so the orchestra was the thing where, you know, that kind of grew. It started in 2012 and by 2015 it became this really big Mm -hmm. tool, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, for these like community events. But, um, and that even led to, um, I became like the assistant director of the orchestra because the missionary who was really in charge, he was spending most of his time having to do stuff with the pastor because they were expanding still and all that stuff. So I was put in charge most of the time. But while I was doing that, you know, I, I was starting to kind of, you know, there's there's parts of me that like, that was like my old self as we would refer to it. 
like that were coming back. So because I was playing music, I started listening to world of music Ooh, again. Nice. I was listening to like jam bands and fish Ooh, and like, nice. oh my God. <laughs> like, nice. And, and I would feel so rebellious because right. like I, I was also like really focusing on my career then too. And making friends with and people that at work. Feels and that yeah. Focusing on your career or going to school. Yeah, I, I also went back to school. This, yeah, that was another thing that contributed to me finally leaving. But, um, but yeah, as I was around these people that I liked that were just normal people, I also like, would feel embarrassed if I rolled up to work or school and I'm listening to new songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, <laughs> these corny ass oh, songs sung Every by time Koreans. I get in her oh. car, I'm like, please. Uh. <laughs> It's so good. It's so beautiful. Just listen. I'm like, no. I still think it was like, the music would, was beautiful. I would listen to, I so I eventually just bought only, they had instrumentals, yeah. and I would listen to those. Yeah. And because I like, thought, because they, they were good. They were, you know, they played pretty English. But it's like the Korean singing the English. It's so obvious. And they're always like operatic when they sing. And yeah. it's just, oh, Tony uh, promised me that you guys would do a dance for me later. Oh, oh, God. My, God. oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> she said, I bet Chad remembers it. I don't remember. Oh, when she sent me that video yesterday. <laughs> what was year like, was that? That was 2011, 2012. 2011, though, because okay. I was in Kansas City then. Yeah. And that's when it first started. Yeah. So, and I don't even know why because or how. Because you had to do this random <laughs> ass, like, flash mob dance. And yeah. everybody was doing it all over the world. Yeah. We and did recording. it at the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Oh, my yes. God. So we were talking to, like, Grisha <laughs> Tim Tebow. Yeah. Oh, and we marched I, I, around. I, I was the one who preached to him, like, with, through oh the megaphone gosh. when we did that. And we marched around the stadium. Yeah. And I saw my uncle there. I saw my uncle there. It was the wall to Jericho. I know he was just like. Whisper which one. Uh, it was two of them. Uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> I don't know what they're saying, guys. <laughs> anyway, it was my two uncles, and I just know that they thought I was so weird. Mm -hmm. was like, we were marching around. That we was were weird. That was very weird. So weird. And all of that was in preparation for 2012. Right. right. And we were doing these big stuff. And we would stay things. up till like two in the morning practicing to have it be perfect because, you know, it was to reveal God's glory. Mm hmm. I mean, and, yeah, there's times oh my gosh. Uh, in the later years, like, if, when, and Year of Jubilee and stuff, like, with the orchestra being so big then, we were literally staying until, like, oh, 3 in the morning, and, because um, we were, we started a marching band, oh. like, the orchestra evolved into the marching band, Ugh. But on top of this, you guys, you have to be so preaching. Yeah. You have to keep all the services. You have to be bearing fruit. You have yeah. to, like, yeah. you know, having a job and having yeah. kids and doing so it all. So you can pay your tithe. Yeah. Well, was your tithe just like the total income of whatever you made? Right. So sometimes you. So, so you're doing that plus offering though. Income. Like if you're making zero, your tithe is zero, but they don't like that. Yeah. yeah. They'll they'll tell you to go get a temp job, work, yeah. go donate plasma. For go, sure. Like a lot of people sure. were doing so it after they sure. sold their cars. For sure. And they were jobless. Sure. Okay. They One quick story in. I want to talk about that I have. A, talked about do you remember when we moved from a smaller church to the bigger church yeah so i was in north dakota then oh, but so we I, had I a wanted... big meeting oh okay and um we were all told like this is the time to like devote yourself mm -hmm. and give all your money that you can and like mm -hmm. people were encouraged to like i think some people sold their houses yeah and moved and gave a big chunks of money to buy that big church oh that's how that happened because mm -hmm. i remember so i I went to, so I'm baptized 2008, um, and this is May of 2008, so by March 2009, so like eight, nine months later, I'm already married, mm -hmm. um, 
And Do you want to explain that? Sure. Um, so <clears throat> the church, there are certain stories out there that exist where people have had the opportunity to choose who they marry. Mm -hmm. that, that happens. But it's also very, very common that if you show potential to be a leader in this group, whether you have shown potential to, you know, if you show potential to be groomed, whether you become a deacon, deaconess or not, um, they a lot of times will then step in and arrange your marriage, right? So in my case, I will have to say though, I was interested in That's my wife true. at the time. Yeah. I was attracted to her. Mm -hmm. um, I she knew was we, so amazing. she was a great person. So much, yeah. First, I want to clarify that. Although we're divorced now, she was a good person, mm -hmm. and that was a big, re another reason why I stayed in as long as I did, because I didn't want her to suffer from my decisions to leave, and I knew that inevitably that would happen, especially with her being Korean, they shame each other for that kind of thing, like, mm -hmm. so if a Korean is married to an American and they divorce, like, it's almost like they, they don't get the opportunity to get remarried, because it's almost, I don't know if they make feel like they failed, but it's like a... A bad mark on them and mm -hmm. within because there is like another world within the church where it's just the koreans mm -hmm. only there's a lot of stuff that happens between that them don't know yeah mm -hmm. and um anyway it's very strict for the koreans like the yeah koreans very strict. have it harder i think <clears throat> yeah the they are expected they get severely oh my god yeah yeah they have a higher um expectancy yeah because they're they're expect like the way they can get sent there is like they have to prove in korea that they're such a good mm -hmm. gospel worker that they're going to come to the united states and be this perfect mm -hmm. example because they're so close to the heavenly mother mm -hmm. that they have no reason not to be like mm -hmm. they've they've been so they they consider themselves to be blessed because mm -hmm. they are born in the country where god dwells mm -hmm. But that is it's also like God's holy land. land. Yeah, God's, God's land. yeah. So I mean, it makes sense. I just yeah. That. So they have higher um, ex expectancy, yeah. um, and so they have to. Typically, they have to be like for men. You, you have to be a good Bible teacher, or possibly be a deacon. But you have to. You can't just be a, or common, a construction worker. Yeah, have some kind of <laughs> yeah. hard skill that <laughs> some trade to offer. Right. You know, but uh, electrician. But for the women, it's more like. Some Sorry. of them are teachers, but right. yeah, very submissive. Mm -hmm. Someone who's maybe can help in the kitchen, but mm -hmm. so it's very common that an American member, whether they're male or female, they'll be partnered with a Korean of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, so in my case, so I had heard about this. I was three months in, and I originally, so I joined with my good friend. He was one of my best friend. He was my roommate at the time too. He got recruited a week before me. And then he, and I can go into detail about that later, but, um, you know, like all the things that made us, mm. you know, interested. But um, anyway, after, so he and I, like, they were trying to groom us from the get-go. Mm -hmm. And so by three months in, I was kind of showing a little bit more confidence than he was. He always mm -hmm. kind of struggled because mm -hmm. he wanted to just be a casual member. Mm -hmm. And so whenever, after we had done all of our studying and they're trying to make us mm -hmm. teachers and gospel workers... He struggled with that, you know, Chad because... Chad was ready to go. Chad was like, yeah, yeah. Well, and honest, but honestly, a lot of it, it was, one, I was like pumped and yeah. thought we had found the truth and For I thought sure. these studies were awesome. 
and I thought everybody was really cool. I thought mm-hmm. it was a great place because of all the different nationalities. Mm-hmm. And I was raised Christian. I wasn't religious at all before joining this. Like I, I by the time I was nineteen, I'd stopped going to church and was just like I'm spiritual or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's what I was gonna ask you. I didn't know if you were. <clears throat> I had a very good foundation of Christianity growing up. My my parents worked for you the church. You went into it believing that the Bible was pretty yeah. much the word of. Yeah, I mean, when I went into it, I guess what I was thinking at that time was like, I was raised to believe this. And if it is true, these people have it right, though, because the way they explained Mm it, it made it seem like it was alive. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, growing up as a Christian, I would read my Bible. It all happened in the past. Yeah, it's old. It's a book of history. That's a really good way to describe Um, it. That's how they present it. They present it that things are still happening to this day, that God is still at work. Mm -hmm. God is still working for our salvation. Mm -hmm. That's, like, the thing that's different. And the way they do that is through prophecy. Yeah. And that was what made them so different than... Any other common Christian church is their focus on fulfillment of prophecy. Mm-hmm. And they believe they knew the fulfillment of prophecy. And they would try to show you, they would use this book, the evidence book, um, <laughs> to show you, like, through historical documents of, like, how, when Israel became a nation in 1948, now the fig tree came back to life. And, because that's, that study, if you, for anyone who doesn't know, the, there's this primary teaching to explain the year of when Christ began his ministry a second time in the flesh. And that parable is connected to the nation of Israel reclaiming their independence after thousands of years of being... They where, use history. Yeah. So, so, so that's, that, that's that's where you build real. your trust. Right. Because right. you Sometimes see things... Sometimes they're on the wrong side of history. Yeah, with totally. With some of that where I was like, wait a second, are you saying... Yeah, yeah. World I'm, War Two was. I mean, they just think that everything. Yeah, is I mean, in in a way, in a way, yeah. they'll celebrate a negative yeah. event of history, yeah. like a horrible thing, where you're like, because oh. they're like, this was a big thing for our church and right. the work of God yeah. and all this like, kind of stuff, like being excited for World War Three. Right. Yeah, we're like any day now. We're over here getting pumped yeah, watching like, the news, time like to go to heaven, like because we're thinking this is God's plan. That's the and, scary part. I know. I wasn't scared because I thought it was true. When I would talk to Tony and she liked to see what North Korea did. Yeah, yeah. I'm so worried that you're going to get, like, you're going to go missing one day. Well, and and it's interesting. I mean, mean, there's so much to say about this group being a Korean cult. Because that's the other thing. We have to totally acknowledge. They say they're Christian. Mm -hmm. They are not a Christian group at all. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much Korean influence. It's a Korean twisted uh, version of Christianity, but they, you know, they, they're totally, I mean, they say they're Christian because they define Christianity as believing God in the flesh. Mm. But like, there's just so much stuff about the way that, I mean, everything, they, everything, when they interpret the Bible and and prophecy, it has a Korean bias Mm -hmm. to it. Right. Like they believe that Korea is blessed because we we were going to do that episode this time, but next episode is the whole history of the Christianity in Korea. Can you Korea. tell us about, yeah. um, sorry, I just, about your marriage? Oh, okay. Sorry. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. I know. It's so no. interesting. Yeah, um, it's also interesting. So anyway, so with, with my case, so, all right. So what I was trying to explain is um, by three months in, uh, a big part of why I was like so gung-ho about it, though, I was also doing that for my friend because mm-hmm. I knew he was struggling. I thought if I could motivate him, 
and like be kind of the stronger one out of the two, maybe it'll make him more comfortable mm. and he can just kind of, cause he was younger than me. He was mm. like 20 years old and I'm mm. 24. Right. Mm. So, Babies. um, anyway, so, uh, pastor talked to me about moving out of that house that I was living in. It was a nice home with my friends. Mm. He talked, he was trying to get us both to move out. Well, he gets, I controlling up, where you live. Yeah. Controlling where you live. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I ended up moving in and I'm living with like four other brothers and we're like half a mile from the church. And before I was like 15 minutes away and they right. said that was too far. Right, right. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I mean, I could ride my bike to right. the church. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm living there and as I'm, <clears throat> as I'm living with these other brothers, because that's part of the grooming process mm-hmm. and we're supposed to study with each other at home and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Well, one of the brothers who later became a deacon, he is the one who told me about being able to get married and arranging a marriage. And I was, and I was shocked. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, Meryl. And he's like, cause he was about to be sent to Colorado Springs with your branch. Mm. This, if, I don't know mm. if you know what I'm talking about, but mm. he, um, but he told me that since he was being sent that he was able to go to the pastor and just basically pick who he wanted to marry. And mm-hmm. I, I'm like, that made me feel so like mm-hmm. bad for them. Mm-hmm. And like, cause he just made it sound like, yeah, just pick whoever you want. Mm-hmm. And like, they're basically, they're ours to choose kind of oh. thing. It's like, it's how it felt. Yeah, like, yeah, he didn't yeah, say yeah. it right, right, exactly. Right. But, and, but then, uh, so my future wife was just brand new at this point And I was afraid that he like chose her. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I liked Aww. her. I was like, uh, so I went to pastor and I was like, Hey, I spoke with so-and-so. Um, and he told me, you know, all this stuff about marriage and, pa- and so pastor was like kind of shocked at first. And then he like, you know how he had that look and just mm-hmm. lean over his desk. Thinking and contemplating. Yeah. Brother Chad, <laughs> do you, do you want to be gospel worker? I was like, yes, yes. Amen. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, do you want to be married? <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes. And then he's like, if then, then, just gospel work, huh? Only focus gospel work. And if then, Father That's Mother's will. That's what it's will. for. It's for the gospel yeah. work, yeah. So this was like August, and then by March, you know, I think some conversations had happened between them, and um, she was also interested and so we were paired together and that's how we got married and they got married they didn't like date no no dating no, no dating get married. Oh, well the thing is the thing is like she didn't speak any english right so there were ways though that i was trying to show her that i was interested but you're not allowed to date or like interact so like i would like look over my shoulder and uh, see if anyone was around and then i would sneak into the study room where she was at and like give her a tea <laughs> like just be like have a good right. study but just trying to be like nice um yeah. because you know i like had a crush on her like, like right? what a scary experience for her she's just like what the yeah she's thing? brand new and like yeah. she's trying to study english with yeah. bible or whatever and was she has... your same age no she was actually she's seven older, right? years older than <laughs> she was older. yeah yeah so at the time she's like 32 and I'm 25 wow. at this point and I'm like that's not so bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but at this time also this is also important to know why I was okay with all this is that they were teaching 2012 even right. in 2008 for sure and so it was my you guys, we had years of buildup waiting for 2012. Yes. Years and years of buildup. So, so the thing that's important to know about me and just my view on marriage at that point in time, I had never thought that I would get married. Like it, it was something that I was never interested in. 
But when I joined the group um, and had done these studies about 2012 and just thinking that, man, we're not going to be here very long. It's only for like three years. And I'm like, she's cute. And then like, right. Oh, you make decisions differently. If you think yeah. the end of the world is coming, you make different decisions. And I was like, I can, I can handle this. Sure. Why not? And so my mind, my mind opened up to it because then it also was like, we believe in the same things. Like we um, want to serve the same purpose in life. And you like, think everything's like, um, handed, like designed by God. So you're right, probably like, right. she was sent here by God. And, and I thought, and there you, go. And I, you know, I think, you know, I think about, just myself from 25 years of being alive. And I was like, I guess if I were to get married, this makes sense to do it this way. Cause <laughs> yeah. I've never wanted to be like a traditional person. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay, it's different, yeah. but whatever. And so I remember That's... at your wedding, you kissed. No. Oh, and like... everybody was like, did they just kiss? I think we kissed <laughs> outside or, yeah, like, or something. And it was like so. But we were like forced like, to. Shocking. Think, because we'd had a several weddings that year and yeah. nobody had ever kissed. Well, the thing the thing is too, <laughs> yeah. on another important thing, on the day I got married, there were two other yes. couples. There was yeah, three there weddings three that day. three weddings that day. And they were all very sweet. And this yeah, is they, an element I, met, yeah. I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's fascinating. Um, and so we had them at three different times. So each person got to kind of have like their little party. But they were all within yeah. like a... two hours. Yeah. Two hours apart. <laughs> like so, and and it is like a very Korean based um, ceremony. Yeah. Um, yeah, we but, we went to Tony's. Yeah, yeah. See, and yeah, it's just it's a lot different. The yeah. bowing thing that you're talking yeah. about, and yeah, like that totally happens but yeah they told us to kiss it like it wasn't like initiated by us but i think either pastor or do you remember we had the big screen in the back yeah the little baby sanctuary yeah and so we saw you guys kiss like i don't think anybody knew everybody's like what (laughs) they kiss in the church because even if you're married in the church nobody knows who you're married to no nobody knows like who your children are or anything yeah, no, and everyone's correct that that has YouTube videos about this. They are very secretive about all that stuff. It's weird, um, and and to be as someone who is married, like it would be embarrassing when people would ask me. Right. Like honestly, I don't know why it was embarrassing, but right. I remember like they'd be like, "Oh, your your wife is deaconess so and so." She told us, and I'm like, "Huh? What? Why did she tell you that?" <laughs> like, you know, I'd panic, yeah. and I'm like, "Yep, that's my wife." Well, once and, you're in that position, like a leader position, you get yeah. that kind of mindset too, mm. where but, you're also kind of private. And like, yeah, yeah, and well, yeah, because you're not allowed to talk about anything. Like, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to talk about your struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something where you have to hide that and always seem like you put on this appearance <laughs> as if you're doing great. Um, so, and that's something that's very different than a normal church is where... I wanted to tell a funny story. One time my husband, uh, we were just like coming home from work one day after church or, you know, after our long day together and uh-huh. he saw another deacon and he was like, how was your day? And then, and then he said, good. How was your day? And then pastor was like, why do you guys speak like that? Yeah. It's yeah. like, we just asked how our day was. Yeah. <laughs> He he Calm didn't down. he didn't like us to be like friendly with no. each other uh-uh. and stuff and like so, and that was always anything about each other's lives or yeah, anything. No, not at all. Um, and you don't really have a private life though. No, no, you don't. Because yeah. so even though I was married, we did not live alone until the final year, uh, like 2015. Uh, until that point, we were always either living in a church or living with multiple members of the church. At the the most it was at one point for me was 12 people oh and we were living in a like two-bedroom oh, town yeah. home 
Oh. And but and so people were just like yeah. laying on the floor. They were they didn't have beds and yeah. stuff, and they had a bed bug problem. But they're grown well. people. Oh, no. yeah. You guys, they're grown people. <laughs> yeah, all grown people, like some older than me at the time. You know, like in their twenties and thirties, right? Mm-hmm. Doing this, we're paying two hundred dollars a month. You right. Know? <laughs> right. And um, anyway, yeah. So I'm not. Why did I start talking about that? Oh, the <laughs> private life. Yeah. Right. So. Um, yeah, so there, there really was never a time, like, you live communally, and, um, what you talk about, you're only talking about the church, you're talking about Bible studies, you're talking about the fruit you bore, or, but it's just, it's always Not having children, how yeah. many people you brought in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so for you for is yeah. how many people you brought in. And it was yeah. always a competition. Who can bring in yeah, more? When you say a, that, I always think of children for some reason. Right, so right, more right. like you had babies. But, but it is like your spiritual baby. So you're yeah. supposed to like take care yeah. of it. Yeah. Give you're it the proper them. food at the proper time. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. But yeah, that but that's that's everything in that group, though. Yeah. You have to be doing that. Because it, going back, it's the business model. Mm-hmm. Like, all the leaders, they never face the public they mm-hmm. never are the ones that are being interviewed they're the top, never top, top. Yeah, yeah like yeah korean pastors and anyone senior pastors any of those people and they always use whatever country they're in you know whoever their normal members are they're the ones who are on the front lines they're the right. ones who are taking the heat for everything um yeah so it's just <laughs> uh they yeah they they hide behind mm-hmm. us, you know, and that's, that's the thing that pissed me off. Like later on is just thinking of all the times, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that initial video that I was talking about that interview on the today show, that was another thing that made me mad. Not only that they were lying, but it was like the people that they selected, they're the American members. Like, where's right. the pastor? Right. Where's the pastor for this? Right. Where, because they, where's they the came in for the interviews and they, they interviewed, um, uh, white guy, right? Yeah, and yeah he's a missionary now. Yeah. yeah, and he's someone that I had met in Korea too. Yeah, but they're not the ones in charge, you guys. Yeah, like they're not the, they're ones. Not the ones in charge. They're, they're not being the ones. told what to do by yeah. the Koreans. They were told to do that interview, and right. they were told what to say. Right. All that if stuff. If they didn't want them to do the interview, they wouldn't have done the interview. That no. was that right. was before really like there were any YouTube channels or like anybody yeah. talking about you guys, mm-hmm. and that was like the first I yeah. remember. Yeah, well, me that's a big deal. Today Show. Today Show did a thing about yeah. my sister's church i knew it was yeah. crazy because yeah. i had been like obsessed like tony's in this but uh-huh. i'm like simultaneously like writing papers about you guys yeah. for my college well, classes thank you thank you because <laughs> like, that, that's huge like that's that's a huge thing for recovery mm-hmm. is someone who put time in to understand yeah um that that means a lot as someone who has left like I, cause I had someone similar, the, the, the guy that got me into it, his mother was like that. Yeah. Um, even I went though. I Korea with him. Just yeah. Him. Yeah. The yeah. two of you guys uh-huh. went and that was like a big deal cause his family fought hard to not let him go. Like it physically. It's actually dangerous for us to go. Now looking back, you yeah. guys, when you go to Korea, you're actually like super close to North Korea. You're really close to the DMZ. Yeah. And now looking back, I'm like, was that really safe for us to go? Because obviously the people in charge are not mentally stable. No. And when you go, and we're you're just not allowed to riding on a bus yeah. all over Korea. You're, you're <laughs> on a bus. We love you. We love you. God bless you're you. You're not allowed to leave. Like they're they're Put money the sale. Yeah. <laughs> they tell you you're not allowed to leave the like the grounds. No, you know uh-huh. you're not allowed to go outside at all. Like uh-huh. you have to stay there, and somebody's constantly yeah, yeah. watching. Yeah, it's not you. a vacation. No, it's not. It is not. You are there is a schedule <laughs> yes. all hours of the day. Yes. It's not yes. relaxed. Yes. Yes. You have jet lag when you yes. get there. You're exhausted, yes. and yes. they just have you nonstop yes. everywhere. Yes. She was obsessed control. with the apples. 
for like oh, the apples. A the year fruit is so good. The fruit oh, out there is like, amazing. You know that it's God's land because the apples. Yeah, are yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would say that. <laughs> Apple orchards. Yeah, they would say that because like, look how big they grow out yeah. here. <laughs> and it's like, God's country. <laughs> Only God could do that. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Grow an apple. If that's yeah. not a miracle, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, there's the proof. Proof's yeah, in the apples, guys. Proof is in the apples. <laughs> if you don't believe the Bible, just look at the apples. God is there. <laughs> That's like, that was like one of, every time I see a big apple and like... They would put stickers on the apples when they grew. Did you ever go and they had the apple orchard? I don't think so. They had an apple so. orchard and it was really beautiful. And they would put a sticker on the apple as the apple grew and it would say, we love you. It would yeah. say, father of mother. Yeah. And so when you pull it off, it was like, you know, you could read it into oh, the apple. Ooh. It was very special. I'm sure that was healthy. Oh my gosh, anyway. It was <laughs> so weird. adhesive oh, contaminating the apple. But, um, so yeah, we were talking about... Uh, Oh, going back to I guess about the marriage and stuff so yeah. when we got married though six months after being married that's when we were sent to house church mm. and I was nervous about going though because you know I was saying all this nice cute stuff about how I felt about it before we got married mm -hmm. well once we got married <laughs> we fought a lot mm. and it was bad fights so like yeah. to where I'm like I'm not sure she if was we're really strong make it. too I mean yeah. she's amazing but she's really strong oh yeah strict really strict she, yeah she's very hard-headed yeah. yeah, yeah. um, did she ever tattle on you for chewing no. Like well, I saw it. No, <laughs> no. Did she tattle on you for anything? Like, no. no. Well, see, I try to always be on my but best behavior. So you wouldn't know because she would do it in Korean. With that, oh, but honestly, a lot of times she was the one that was getting more in trouble. Like, oh. where pastor would approach me yeah. because cause she, her struggle, she, like, she, she was a hard worker, wife, but she yeah. would struggle with, like, wanting... I say struggle, but like resting and right. like, you know, being lazy or whatever. Just she to, wanted to sleep. Just be yeah, tired. Just not do anything sometimes. Oh. And it's like totally normal stuff, right? Yeah. And I was expected to like Sleeping be the one normal, staying guys. on her to like keep her motivated. Mm -hmm. And But there was times whenever, especially towards the end where it was like that for me. But at that point, our relationship had grown cold. Because even though we lived together, like, we grew apart. Because, like, just to be together on the same... It was so weird and awkward that that was, that was a big thing. And um, so whenever she would see me, like, not being my best self or whatever, um, she would just kind of let me be because I think she just knew, like, I didn't want to hear it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think she would just probably just pray for me or yeah. something like that instead of... Um, but you know, she probably Poor thing, did. She say, probably got up at like five a.m. every morning. I bet and she did. Cried praying for you. It's yeah. so sad. It really is sad. Yeah. Because they just think that you're going to hell. Yeah, they're like he's he's dying over yeah. here. I'm watching. A it's man like die. she probably <laughs> mourned you. Yeah. You know, like your spiritual death. Yeah, um, but I'm very much alive and yeah. my spirit as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels great. It actually because now I can be myself and yeah, yeah. For sure. um, I've. Thankfully, over over the time that I've been out, I've, it's been a process, but I feel like I've been able to figure out the best version of myself, and that gives me a lot of happiness. Um, because, cause I like who I am now. I like my life. You yeah. know, um, you don't I'm, have to feel guilty for like normal shit. Yeah, that's like always yeah. the weirdest part. Like, obviously your church, but like just. Mm -hmm organized religion in general like yeah. that demonizing of like yeah. human nature absolutely and you're like what why would god create me to do this sinful thing mm -hmm. and then be mad at me about it like if god created me in his right age. like why do i have these Dummy, desires why did he just take those desires from me yeah thanks sky wizard 
But I, I think, so kind of to talk about what life was like after leaving, um, my, so I will say, I think this is a result of PTSD, but like the first three months after leaving are a complete blackout. Like, I don't really remember w any of that. What I do remember is the day, so whenever I left, it was, it probably seemed abrupt to everyone from the outside because I had literally gone every single day that for, for seven and a half years. There was never a time where I was like in and out. Yeah. Like once I decided to leave, mm -hmm. I left. I was done. But I wasn't sure what I was doing. So I, I just know that the very next day, uh, I, the first person I told was my boss. And I, I went into work. I'm like, hey, um, can I talk to you? And it's like, I think I just divorced my wife last night Aww. and I just got out of a cult. And, she, and like, I, so it was easy for me to tell people up front that it was a cult. Um, I, the thing that was different about me is that I felt like I had to tell everybody. Mm -hmm. I wanted to tell everybody because... I didn't know what was going on. So it was kind of like a cry for help to be, you know, just giving them a warning like, hey, this is what's going on with me. If I seem weird. Yeah, if I seem weird, because I knew I I hadn't, you know, I wasn't socialized at that mm -hmm. point. So so that first three months, I was just telling like the most immediate people to me, like coworkers and stuff. But it did take me a couple months to tell my family because I, I was like, am I really gone for good? Mm -hmm. Like, is that what I'm doing here? Like, I don't want to tell them until I know for sure. And then when I did, I mean, my my family has been everything. It's hard, like, I want to get emotional uh, now that we're talking about it. But um, my family has been there for me. Uh, they immediately responded from the time that I contacted them. They were so happy. Uh, my brother uh, and his wife, like, immediately came out to visit. And when they came to visit, they said, we're, we're moving here. Aww, and they wanted to be close cool. and we and we live together now but like that has been huge and i hope they know that um but nice bump, sister. yeah i mean so that's that's why this show is awesome like i think you're awesome to be here for tony Thank and you. just and going back to what i was saying the fact that while she was in it you were doing your research and like that's so helpful because my my family did a little bit too um especially like my mom had looked into stuff but um anyway uh, it's just really helpful. It makes it so much easier. And we've talked about this before, but I think a lot of people who uh, try to leave but then return, it's because they don't have that support. Yeah, and waiting they, for them when they come. And they're scared. They feel alone. And the thing about when you're in that, you do feel like your life is controlled, like um, in a good way. Like mm -hmm. you feel like things make sense, even though I'm unhappy, even though. If this is different and weird, there's the structure and order to your life because you're not, you're doing what you're told. You're not making those decisions for yourself and, and taking first, care of yourself. Some and, people that might be like the first time in their life they felt that way. Sure. Like if they absolutely. come from a, absolutely. you know. A lot of people come from like broken families. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the thing that I felt, at least in Denver, mm -hmm. a lot of the members that came, they were also coming from like a rough place in yeah. life. You know, they had a tough and situation. Searching for God. Yeah. So then you get there single like, mother you know yeah. they they just they're people who need help they're in yeah. a, they're at a place where and you think that yeah. a church is a safe place to go yeah so they're trusting and then mm. when and so they get very overwhelmed with excitement because they're like like god Finally, answered my prayers yeah. you know that kind of Finally. thing there's so many good people there, yeah. like good people who yeah. have so much potential that's what i was world. asking you guys yeah. in the beginning like 
the people at the top are doing it for money, but like mm-hmm. you, you guys, and like ninety nine probably percent of everybody in there, yeah, is truly like yeah, they have no I evil intent. I want to live in a community yeah. where we like do good things. And yeah, no, they're doing it because they oh, have good hearts. Uh, can we talk about that? Because one of the things, well, we would call it quote unquote good deeds. Mm-hmm. So that was like mm-hmm. one of our things, you know, like mm-hmm. we want to reveal God's glory by like. You know, doing certain volunteer activities, but it was really like so empty, and mm-hmm. like, mm, yeah, it wasn't like really sincere. You didn't really no. feel like you were doing it to like help. Well, you were just yeah. doing it as a publicity thing. Yeah. And so there was one story that I wanted to talk about with you about um, the coat drive that we did. Okay. Do you remember that? Yes, what I year do. Was that? Was that twenty eleven? It was twenty twelve. It, it was towards the end. Um, I, I didn't. Oh, to right at the end of 2012. Yeah, because I, I didn't remember this until listening to that phone conversation. Are you okay like, with us talking about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because um, that was the only thing on the phone call that I was like, I don't know. But yeah. Um, this was one of the main things that made yeah. my husband want to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah, he and, he, and, he and I witnessed this together for sure. Oh, he did? I didn't know. Yeah, he and I were standing together when oh. all this stuff occurred and looked at each other like, what the hell is going on? See, me but, and Chad love doing these kind of volunteer mm-hmm. activities because mm-hmm. we did blood drives, sock mm-hmm. drives, you know, all these things. And then this was a coat drive that we did. Mm-hmm. And we love doing those things, yeah. like being involved Could, with the community and like really trying to help people. Yeah. Well, and that's another reason that I got so involved in this is because... In my life, as a goal, uh, when I think about why are we here with the meaning of life, the life that I've always wanted to live and serve is to be a part of something that's bigger than myself, mm-hmm. that's going to matter in this mm-hmm. life, that's going to make an impact. For sure. So I thought, you know, mm-hmm. when we were doing these things, mm-hmm. I was like, this is it. This is what I'm talking about. Like, we're getting to help people who really need help. And, and preach at the same time. Yeah, well, like, and I wasn't as excited <laughs> right. about right. that. Right, right, like, right, right. That's how I feel like a lot of the people there are. Mm-hmm. I mean, like so, most the of God the people is organizing like the, it. Okay, yeah. there are some people like us who really wanted to help people, mm-hmm. but then there's most people who they just want to like get attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So instead of like really caring about the people that we were trying to help, instead yeah. we would all be sitting in They're, an office, they, yeah. like trying to contact the media. Yeah. And we would like send out um, news. Well, news. What are they called? Um, like, like a, news press release. Oh, oh press yeah, release. yeah, press release. We would really, yeah. we would send out all these press releases yeah. to all these. They were so fixated on yeah. having like the mayor. It was yes, like I always yes. thought like the position. I'm like, right. you guys don't understand like right. government in the United right. States, like because they were like hit a target like some of the most ridiculous yeah. people, and they thought that was such a big right. fulfillment of prophecy right. if right. someone like that yeah. came. Right, and everyone's like, who's the mayor? Yeah, I'm like, I have no idea. Like that one guy, like Dominic, he was like. Right. Yeah, like they, he he came back several times. Right. And they were like, hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then but, they used him in like all the church programs. Oh yeah, I'm, this guy was probably thinking, this is the most attention I've ever yes. received in my <laughs> total life. Love bomb. Yeah. Total, like, total love bomb. Yeah, total love bomb. Anyway, there was a big hurricane, right? It was yeah, like, it was Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy in New York, mm. and so. So yeah, um, the church hopped on that opportunity, especially with it being oh, in 2012. Was it the just, orchestra? Did we do yeah, the orchestra? we were just beginning. Yep. Did you guys perform? Yep. And uh, that was like one of our first kind of big performances, and where we invited everyone from the community, and hundreds we, of people. Hundreds we were telling them, okay, admission to this concert is we're you know bring a coat because those coats are going to go to the victims of Hurricane Sandy. So mm-hmm. admission is one coat or more. Mm-hmm. Well, we collected, it was like 1,230 yeah. some, like, we had this, like, ticker thing, right. and every time someone donated, That's we would right. count it. It got over to, over 1,200. Yeah. Um, and 
You know, and we, them bags or something. Didn't yeah, bags and boxes. Bags, yeah. And um, so we go through this event, and they're like that night. There's just this buzz throughout the air. We thought it was so awesome because yeah. we're doing something it was really exciting, pretty it normal was though too. To me, yeah. like this is a normal thing, right. like not some weird thing like we typically do. <laughs> like, <Right>. and so, <laughs> um, so I was just thinking like this is so fun. Like I was right. on board. It was cool. And I'm like, we're actually gonna help these people. Right. And so then what happened? So this is December of 2012. So then, once we go past 2012. Those, you know, it's now early 2013, and it's like these coats are still sitting here. And you could just tell that all that enthusiasm that we we're feeling on the night of that concert to, to fast forward a couple months is total de deflation, mm -hmm. you know? And we were and, supposed to take them out. Well, yeah. well yeah, the world, the world was supposed to end. Yeah, so, so you guys are just like, so there was never any intention. It was, it was like, we were actually supposed to drive them out at the yeah. end. I think it was like New Year's Eve or something. We were supposed to drive them out. But well, then we got a call from Korea and yeah. said, don't go. Yeah, because, and it was, there was especially another awesome deacon who had a very controversial relationship with the pastor, <laughs> but he was one of my favorite people ever. He was ever. an older man. Yeah, older man, military background, yeah. had been baptized in Korea, Yeah, came to Denver later, and just when he saw what was going on in Denver, he was always just struggling. Oh, yeah. Like, he was just like, what is this? Yeah. But um, he had a truck uh, with a long trailer that had a shipping container um, just from moving overseas. And he was like, I have got everything we need. I will drive up to New York and donate these coats to um, all these victims or whatever. Give it to the New York church mm -hmm. so that they can distribute. Something like that. Mm -hmm. We have a big church in New York. Yeah, that's like the biggest yeah. one. And um, so I remember being there with those conversations. And this deacon would also come to me and vent a lot. We we're mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but he kept offering to do that. And the pastor was like, no. Like, no, we don't need that. We don't need that thing. Just, no, mm. we don't. Why are you so polka? So close. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mind do you have? <laughs> He's like a, a generous one. A right, loving mind. I yeah. know. But, so I then, want to get these coats to the people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so he's he's denied multiple times. So then it gets to a point where wherever they were being stored, they were like relocated, and we didn't really know where they were. We didn't really think That's about it. The thing it. is, like sometime in the middle of the night or something, somebody must have moved the coats because they were upstairs, yeah. hidden up in like the attic. Yeah, because there used to be a stage time. with an attic and yeah. that kind of thing, and so somebody moved them upstairs. Yeah. And the thing is, I so I th I think when where is it? Me, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, when me and me and your husband. Uh -huh. So we were doing a construction project of that particular area, and we had to remove that attic, and like we're opening it up and making it this big stage. And how so, long? How long later was that? Months later? Uh, yeah, just months later. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, maybe half a year later, or something. Yeah. Like, it, it, it had been to the point where we had kind of forgotten about it. Right. And then whenever we went up there, uh, we're because we're going up there to clear all this stuff so we can do this deconstruct this area, and there's just. The whole attic's full of all these coats, and that was one thing we we're supposed to move. And well, I think then it was still early enough that then we moved them. So in the sanctuary, there's that second level. Oh, yeah. We moved them all up there, and that's when we had forgotten about them, because then the Day of Atonement had come, and we're like cleaning, deep, you know, <laughs> yeah, deep cleaning yeah, the yeah, church, yeah. and 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 that's in October. So almost a year later, right? It's October, and we're cleaning, and we see. These coats right. are still here. Yeah. And, it, you know, this disaster happened almost right. a year ago at this point. 
And I, I remember that like some of the brothers that were helping clean, they just had a free for all with those jackets and all the stuff. But like, they were like, yeah, get rid of it, get rid of it. And so it never, never made it to its destination. According to sources, I heard a bunch ended up in the trash. Oh, I bet. In the dumpster. I bet. Yeah. I mean, because I, I Because it was the cleaning, you know, if it was like the deep cleaning church, they would have just thrown in that And they were not going to take the time to go donate it to somewhere local, anywhere. It's easier to just, we don't have time for that things. Father's coming soon. Why would we go help with physical things? And in 2013, were they still kind of saying that? So... Well, when the feast was coming up, like, it's just a different mentality there, regardless if the prophecy didn't happen or not. Every face is but like, at this point, they were telling us, by this point... At that point, remember, it was our fault. Like, yeah. like we weren't ready yet. Yeah, so, so Father's so late the, in coming yeah, because late we're not coming. ready. We haven't repented yet. Yep. The bridegroom um, is late in coming. Yeah, so um, Father's given us more time to prepare. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense. Why isn't this made-up <laughs> prophecy that we yeah, <laughs> but but here's the thing about what happened right after 2013, because I don't know if you remember this, but like right around New Year's Day, we had a big meeting and like mother called, mm. and so we're listening and she was explaining at that time she was explaining it's still 2012 according to the Bible. Oh, I remember that. It's still yep. oh, and in Korea, like right. our New Year hasn't happened. Right. And, so we were know, like, oh, so they were sacred calendar. We're like, oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, okay, so now. technically, yeah. And so yeah. they were, they were, they were just stringing us along Continuous at that like point. It out, yeah. Then after we passed the Korean mm-hmm. and biblical New Year, mm-hmm. then they're like, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then. Right. But but they did also start saying that it was fulfilled mm-hmm. uh, spiritually, mm-hmm. and how really the original meaning of that 2012 prophecy is that all the materials were supposed to be gathered, mm-hmm. and then it happened. Look mm-hmm. at all the people that mm-hmm. got baptized. It was fulfilled. But then why are they still preaching? Yeah, I was like, why are we still here then? Because right. you guys also explained that when we did this, it's right. done, and we're God's proud of you. God's work here. is like, done, right? Yeah, so anyway. I'm um, so glad you guys didn't kill yourselves. Oh yeah, my God. See how that is the end result in some of those other... Yeah. Right? Well, you can see how that can happen. Like, Jones sound, like, you can definitely yeah. see how People somebody in really point. bad, like, really criminals get that kind of power, how that can yeah. happen. Yeah. Well, and it's like what um, that girl on the show that mm-hmm. does the examining site, mm-hmm. She, I was watching a video yesterday, and she, they were talking about this, and she just made a very valid point about how in those groups when it's happened, it's mm-hmm. because the government has been kind of watching them, mm-hmm. and you know they, they get, get paranoid. yeah they get that right. negative attention because right. they're looking into them like these people are pretty shady, mm-hmm. you know, and right before they're about to be arrested or whatever, then that's when these things have occurred, right. and it's like who knows? I mean, right now. For the most part, in large part, nobody knows about right. this group. You know, no one really cares. Uh, like, they're not that, that big. Don't put that on us emotionally. Like, what's that? Don't put that on us emotionally. <laughs> oh, why? Because no, something yeah, happens right. and we're, like, doing the podcast. No. No, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're like, yeah. oh, shit, if we would have just not talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> no. we jinxed it. Uh, no. Put it out into the no. universe and now it's manifesting. No, we're putting um, it out into the universe. Don't yeah, ever that, don't, do that. Yeah. It's a bad idea. And yeah, and I and I never felt that they were evil like that because yeah. they weren't physically abusive. Know you know, like Scientologists, they like will physically abuse people yeah. that try to leave or whatever. Um, and, I and noticed it's like, that they also um, tend to abuse children a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And Chad worked closely with the yeah. children. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, during and the I don't think there cults. was child abuse. Not yeah, other cults. Other choice. cults. The way you said it. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, like other cults who tend to do those extreme things. Yeah, yeah. you see a lot of like sexual abuse of the children, and mm-hmm. that wasn't something that I ever saw. No, yeah, because. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a time where I got to be, like, the director of the kids whenever I was avoiding being a teacher for the adults, and then I put them in charge of kids. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I can say that me and the other deaconess, who was, like, also a director, we put our heart and soul into that. Um, We cared about the kids, and one thing we shared in common is that the church didn't really seem to care about the kids. And that was a sad thing because... It seemed like, although they would provide free childcare and stuff like that, kids were secondary to the adults. Like, mm. they... Yeah. So, they one thing... Tithing. Yeah, you know, it's like, they wanted... So, they would separate the parents from their kids and just focus on that parent to raise them up and to get them committed. Mm-hmm. But the kids, like, they did I, I just feel like that's one thing. It's like, no one really loved the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't really care about their well-being because they keep them there so there late. There were a few people like you. Sure. Yeah. You know, like, there were a few people who took care of the kids that really loved them. Yeah. So, that was the thing where that I was happy mm-hmm. to be given that opportunity because But they're just a I, hindrance to the gospel. Right. You know, that, I mean, they they're looked at time. as a hindrance. Yeah. And we didn't, you know, want to give that impression. Like, when we were in charge of it... I mean, we remodeled That's not a their... good way for a kid to feel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we really tried to develop a curriculum that would help them just learn, but also, like, we we raised money to, like, uh, remodel the rooms that they were in. And try yeah, to but make see, they had to come up with their own money Yeah, we to paid that. for that ourselves. Like, it's like, where's the money that you gave for tithing offerings to help yeah, the right. church work? Yeah, because yeah, that's the thing. The money was not going to go towards helping the kids if we had asked. So you're giving your tithe and offering, and then on top of that, yeah. you're paying for all this other yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, we're paying for the food to yep. feed the kids, like their snack time. Right. Um, but we would try to give them nap time. Right. We would try to, like, help their quality of life. Right. And um, But the thing is, even though we did all that stuff, to us, like especially remodeling the rooms, at any point in time, we would lose those rooms for, oh like, some God. other event that was going on or, like, so we never got the rights like at any point in time we had to be okay with being like you guys need to go downstairs because we have a seminar this week and people need to sleep in these rooms or whatever you know all kinds of stuff so the kids rooms were turned into like bunk beds yeah they yeah yeah, eventually like it failed because once jubilee started happening they started ramping back up with focusing on 2015 that's when i got confused yeah jubilee yeah yeah, me too. Because uh, I would always just be sitting there like, are we really doing this again yeah, already? Yeah, like, yeah. where did this come from? Why like, have we never, ever talked about this? The memory of 2012. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, so, move on. I used and, to say to Tony, if 2012 comes and goes, and you're still around, are you going to leave the church? She's like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I I mean it was just unquestionable. You know? The New Year's Day on 2013, mm-hmm. and I call you, and your ass is still here <laughs> on earth, are you... Yeah. And she was like, that's not going to And I kept saying... If you can call me, I'm not going to answer. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> totally, that's how she was. And then it was just like, well... Yeah. Well, but more. Yeah. The, so, that was the thing. So, I... So, in 2014, that's when I decided to start going back to school. And this is like... You know, this is happening before Jubilee is being taught. Uh, Jubilee happened later in the year. But, um... Like I said, after 2012, I really wanted to start focusing on my career because that was my feeling, uh, like, January of 2013, and we're still here. I was like, 
oh fuck like <laughs> I need to do something with my right. life I need to make money I need, job. I need <laughs> yeah like I'm broke I, I barely worked in 2012 and she was she was the one who was doing the work and making the money because they had me so involved or whatever and cause doing mass baptisms on buses yeah. and stuff like that um but anyway 2013 I'm like I gotta and I just wanted to I was tired of being broke and yeah. Um, so by 2014, I was like, you know what, I need to go back, finish my degree and create an opportunity for myself. And, um, anyway, and going back to school was instrumental as well because it allowed me to be around normal people, but also it allowed me, gave me the permission to think again because it was required in, you know, in universities. Mm -hmm. That's a part of college education. You learn how to problem solve. You learn how to think for yourself and do all that kind of stuff. I had taken a psychology class that really made an impact because it was talking about uh, scientific uh, hypotheses, scientific testing, and, um, and it was talking about fallacies as well. And so one thing that I can just remember from that textbook is like it was saying how anytime there's an extraordinary claim, there also needs to be extraordinary evidence. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, it was talking about scientific testing. Yeah. But it hit me so hard because I was like, it made me think about the church. Because yeah. I'm like, here's all of our extraordinary claims. Christ God. came back. Right. There's a heavenly mother. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be this 2012 thing. Mm-hmm. There's all this stuff. And it's like, where's the evidence? Like, mm-hmm. nothing has ever happened. Mm-hmm. And that really mm-hmm. did something for me. But, um, but... I also got punished for going back to school because uh, I lost my baptism authority and announcing authority. So being an announcer is like the guy during each service. I feel like this is the beginning way of shunning. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is when I started losing respect Mm -hmm. from the pastor. Right. And, um, but being an announcer is the person who chooses the songs before the service and everyone sings together. They are like the... Uh, officiator of the service, like they kind of keep the ball rolling. You're like you know? the MC. Yeah, the yeah. MC. Okay. And so that was one thing that that's deacons a big do. Blessing, yeah, it's yeah. a big thing, that's right? That's cool. That's what you did for every service. Uh, we would like big rotate, church. but it would be we like I'd be morning service, or yeah, I would cool. be whatever, you know. But there was like a schedule. Yeah. So I got taken off of that, and I couldn't baptize because he told me he was like, um, I I heard you going back to school. Hmm? I was like, yeah, and I was like excited. I was like, yeah, yeah I am. Yeah. Yes, yes, I am. It's great. And and he's like, I think then. If then you and you will not be an announcer and you mm. you cannot baptize, oh. and I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, like okay. I it didn't hurt me, and I honestly felt relieved, and I think he saw that. But do you feel like he said it to hurt you? Yeah, of course. I was supposed to be ashamed. I was supposed yeah. to quit school. I was yeah. supposed to just respond right. that way and right. be like, no, not my blessings. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, right. To me, I was like, cool, yeah, I'm trying to get this degree done, for thanks. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have to be here every day for right sure, now. Cool, thank, for thanks sure. for understanding. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. But, um, Do you mind sharing one more story? Sure. If you want. Yeah. About how um, right before 2012. So that, so that story that you're talking about, so this is in 2012. So as Tony has explained that about the feast and all the services that we keep but one thing i don't think you've mentioned yet is how beyond that Mm -hmm. there are other special days in the church and it's the birthday of the heavenly mother Mm -hmm. and also is the ascension day Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. uh, Of christ yeah Mm -hmm. so 
Anyway, so we also have services on those days. And it's, you know, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Yeah. Like, that, because they it's can like fall It's like a 9 a.m. service on, like, a Tuesday. Yeah, like, so and you, you got to miss work, work. And you go. That's and true. also all the branch churches, they uh-huh. come to Denver. So they uh-huh. travel, and they come to Denver. They travel far. They come from Colorado Springs. They, they come from North Dakota. Well, yeah, I, guess, I guess for those kind of things, they would let them stay there. True. But yeah. Anyway, Wyoming, yeah. 10, plus, 10 to 20 hour drives, yeah. you know. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, so on this particular day, it's November 2012. So we're approaching the end of the year. And... Um, uh, so the pastor is giving this sermon, and he would love to go deep oh and reach so far in these prophecies. And he, I think that was the first time that we had ever heard a sermon about Jubilee, because mm-hmm. he was connecting uh, the first year that the founder kept Passover in 1962, and we're now in 2012, that was 50 years, and so he was explaining, you know, very briefly though, about the year of Jubilee, but he was explaining... He made it, he was very, very forceful and um, suggestive that any day now, we're, we're out of here. Like, we need to wake up and get ready because, you know, the end of the year is a month away mm-hmm. and it's going to happen. And so everyone is like kind of shocked, but also like, oh, you know, terrified. So they're, they're immediately they're after preaching. the service, they weren't preaching. Mm-hmm. But I didn't go and there's two... Three other leaders, um, there are two missionaries, a deaconess, and myself, and then the pastor. It's, we're all hanging back. And I noticed they're talking about something. I go sit down, and you know, we're having this private conversation. And the deaconess is concerned. Uh, she's like, that really sounded like you're saying any day now. And like our members from Colorado Springs are like, they, I don't know if they know how to take that. Like They've never heard anything like that that direct and um he just kind of cut her off and he was like look i'll try not to imitate him it's so hard for him not to um, but he basically said he's like look you know our father taught about 2012 he said if we go even one day past 2012 the bible is not true Oh. And, and and the founder's name, he is not God. Mm. He, he was that confident. He said that in front of you. Yeah, to the mm. four of us. And, and I remember one uh-huh. of the missionaries who was very close to him. Uh-huh. And he I, I thought he was a cool guy, but maybe he's not so good. I'm not sure. But anyway, loved him. Mm-hmm. But he just looked at me and he's like, oh, boy. You're like, mm-hmm. just totally like, kind of like excited. And I'm over here like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, he said it. That's really scary. And though. it was like, he was that confident. So then I went and I was like, I guess I better go preach. As right. much as I hate it, I guess I got to go out. <laughs> yeah. and, and I actually did technically like bear fruit even though i didn't study with them or find them but my mm. preaching partner did so oh, i got credit too yeah, yeah, yeah. but i ended I up that time. yeah it's like that's if there's anyone i got credit for that's yeah. usually how it happened right, right, my right. partner found them right, right, right. but um, I'll yeah and i'm like cool i got credit for that right, 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 right. <laughs> like, but um your name goes in a book that says that yeah you and they get sent to korea yeah and, uh-huh it's like the book of life. Yep. You know, who's who's your messenger? Yeah. Um, and everyone cared about that because you're getting graded on all yep. that stuff. But so anyway, but he said it directly, and I mean that, that was terrifying. And that's another reason why on January first, two thousand thirteen, I'm like, Pastor mm-hmm. said it's not true, and I mm-hmm. like I wondered how he was doing. You know, I'm just kind of like, uh, what's gonna happen? Right. What's gonna happen now? You know. 
Um, because I assumed that a lot of people you would just look leave. look at them in awe, like, oh my god, he has so much faith. Mm-hmm. He has such strong faith. Mm-hmm. I was reading this thing that said, like, sometimes, um, seeing other members with such strong faith mm-hmm. is more, like, gives you more confidence than the Bible study itself. Sure. So, like, when you see, like, the missionaries and, like, yeah. the pastors and how beautiful and, like, <laughs> strong faith they have you're like oh i want to be like when you guys go back and like look at the bible studies do you feel like do you feel the way that i feel when i was listening so good what's that in that video you explained it so clear about the green book oh okay because there's other books that they there's other books (laughs) that they use and you said it's not a bible church you said it's not a bible-based church yeah it's not it is it's based on that other book and book. it's based on the founder. Right. It is right, not right. based on the Bible. It's based right. on the founder's interpretation yeah, of right. the Bible. Yeah. Like and the, way the way they put the scriptures yeah. together. The way that they're put together yeah. like that. Like, to me, when I would hear those, I'm like, that just doesn't right. Like, well, why Why would the Bible be written like that, where you have mm-hmm. to bounce from here? But in reality, the members sentence. don't really know the Bible. They that's, don't really know the true. context. They don't really know the history or it's, anything like that. And see, and I, I had that foundation going right. into it. I, I read my Bible a lot growing right. up, right? So I had a that's really good foundation. And so, but here's the thing that would happen to me while I was in it, and especially whenever I was a teacher and like I was real studious then. But if I ever just tried to read the Bible like normal, from like start to finish, yeah, yeah from like, start, I would sh- it would it would cause me to struggle in my faith because I would read it and be like, I don't understand how based on what this is saying, how does it match up with what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And so eventually I was just like, I can't read the Bible. Like, I just can't. And yeah. so so what you do is you just read the other books that are provided. Yeah. And that tells and you. And piece together the yeah, Bible. And it's a very small fraction of what's actually in the Bible. Yeah. It's very selected. It's and But that's the thing is that nobody, as, as, a, as a non-member, like mm-hmm. for people who come in and who study, like they think like, wow, these people know so much about the Bible. Yeah. No, they don't. Right. They just they know, know the, they know the church doctrine. Right. They know what those books say, and that's how every single Bible study is structured. It right. comes from that material, not from the Bible. Right. It's not like someone. There's never a person who comes up with a Bible study from their own personal right. studying. Right. Yeah. Um, the it's pastor would be the only one. I remember right? her studying uh-huh. on how to how to teach yeah i mean it's given to we yeah we call it a syllabus it's not a syllabus like that's such the wrong word to call a syllabus talks about a curriculum right right right, right, this is a script it's a script script is what it is that's right and it tells you what to say and that's how you learn what verses and she would get offended because i told her that she sometimes she talks in broken like she sounds like yeah oh yeah my parents said the same thing yeah and she's like, that is so rude. I would be so lucky to have a second language. And I'm like, but you don't. And you but still- you're pretend- you, act like <laughs> like, you act like your way- original language is not your original <laughs> yeah, language. Like, 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 where's like, your accent coming from? It's because from? we spend a lot of time with Koreans. Yeah. yeah. But, and I think some of the way that they teach you how to teach no, because it's a, broken The English pastor is the one who's it, teaching yeah. us. And, so, yeah. and he was a very powerful teacher. Yeah. And so everyone thought if they just talked like him mm-hmm. and said it like him, it would have the same effect mm-hmm. on the listener. And because there were so many people 
that the moment they start, they speak somewhat normal, mm -hmm. but the moment they, they start, start teaching, teaching. Yes. boom, accent shows up, and it's I like, hear, what are you doing? I hear it's her real. sometimes, and, and I'm trying to hear if you're doing I it hope too. I still don't have it. No, like when, <laughs> right. when she's talking specifically about, about Bible. a Bible study, that uh -huh. I see I her do robotic. sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see her that makes sense. go, uh -huh. not all the way into it, but I see it coming out. When, yeah, well, it's, it's this mode, it, it becomes this personality, mm -hmm. because yeah. also, like, it doesn't matter if if you enjoy public speaking or if you're mm -hmm. good at it, you you're it. forced to do yeah. it. So I think for some people, what happens psychologically is that they have to become this That's different true. person and they have to change the way they speak. It mm -hmm. becomes this different persona. Mm -hmm. I'm in teacher mode now. Mm -hmm. and For sure. And that's then, a good way to put it. Yeah. And that's that's what happens. I mean, yes, you totally lose your own original identity when you're in there. You have a different version of yourself. And that's one thing that my parents um, have always pointed out they're like while you were in there like yes I changed the way I, I spoke but also they were like y you were you but you're not you it was a shell of you mm -hmm. like you know hourly it was you but that wasn't you mm -hmm. and um, and that I could not agree more I, I'm fully aware of that and um, <laughs> and I think you know uh, I was I later became embarrassed by it because I knew it because I'd see it in everybody else mm -hmm. And so when I stopped teaching that's when I was able to really kind of step back and look at everyone and observe like how ridiculous This mm -hmm. is I'm like and then just hearing everyone like r Recite everything because it's just over and over and so repetitive mm -hmm. um, That just hearing it enough mm -hmm. is what made me be like this is bullshit mm -hmm. like this is yeah. not real like, I've heard this explanation so many times that it doesn't make sense anymore. Like, it just, it, I, like, snapped out of it. And there's just, like, I, <laughs> I, but I just thought because I love the people, like, that was also my social yeah. life mm -hmm. and, like, my family, that it's, like, I guess I can still exist here even if I don't believe, right. you know, like, I and just want to, I want to go, I want to see my friends, like, yeah. how, and, and I was the kind of person that always tried to, like, joke around with everybody, mm -hmm. I don't, mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know mm -hmm. if you saw me that way, but, like, when I think of how I tried to be, mm -hmm. like, I always just try to everybody be, like, everybody loved Chad, I just try mm -hmm. to be fun mm -hmm. and keep people happy, because yeah. one thing, that was, like, us, like, I had to explain how, like, mm -hmm. me and Justin's style wasn't mm -hmm. really, like, yeah, you guys weren't, you guys weren't hard asses, I was not either, with him, too, and I think that's why we had so much trouble when we went to the house churches, because, yeah, like, I can't tell people this. what to do. <laughs> yeah. Like I hate. I don't want to fight with people all day. Yeah. I just want to. I don't like... want to debate. Yes. I don't want to argue. Yes. I don't. I I want to be your friend. Yes. You know. Yes. And so that that's why that was a huge. Yeah, that just for wasn't me. our style. And um, but when I went to Korea one time, they told me that that was a blessing, like yeah. this thing of um my ability to make people laugh because I would always do imitations of mm. people. Like if they mm -hmm. had a real distinct way of talking. Mm -hmm. I would do that. Everyone would be like, "Oh, do pastor again," yeah. and I'm like. <laughs> Like, keep it down, keep it down. <laughs> like, but but that was always my thing because I love those people, and yeah. I had believed that even if we weren't in the church, I Maybe always friends. imagined I would still hang out with them anyway. Yeah. You yeah. know, like that we would get along outside of the walls. Mm -hmm. You know, and which seems pretty true. So look at us. Yeah, you're. I mean, yeah. you for sure. But there are some people that have left that it, that just turned true. out not being the case, and that true. was sad. And right. that was a part of. When I was out in that first year, really feeling alone mm -hmm. because, um, yeah, it was because things, you know, when people were leaving, they, they didn't want to talk to me or mm -hmm. hang out. And so, um, thankfully, I had people to talk to. Um, but that whole first year, what I want to say about that is uh, I, would, I really summarized 2016 as my year of guilt. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was my kind of first initial thing. And I spent that year trying to 
contact a lot of my old friends because mm. I'm like, man, I've been in this place for seven and a half years and I've missed out on so much of their mm. lives and I felt obligated. I felt like I owed everybody an apology. Mm. It's almost like you guys are like recovering drug addicts that yeah, have to come yeah. back and like apologize. Yeah, well, because it's like, like you're not. Well, you, you know. the, and the thing that was weird is that I had just had this idea that while we were in that group, life for everyone else was just on pause. Mm-hmm. Like nothing was right, happening with them. Right, right. And that so whenever I got out, I was thinking that I would be able to just pick right. up right where I left off. Jump them back and they, into their lives. Yeah, jump yeah. back in. Right. And then I would realize like all this stuff happened for them too. And a lot right. of people didn't even really notice that like they didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. I thought everybody knew. I thought right. like everyone from my hometown like talked about it. Right. A lot of people didn't care. You're like yeah, right. I mean some cared but like right. You know, like, they were living their life. There's yeah. a lot of that coming back at Tony now. Yeah. Like, people are like, I had no, like, no idea what? this happened. Yeah. And so when I talked to them, they were fascinated, yeah. and they wanted to hear my story or something. But but I I just felt like I owed them an apology. And then finally, uh, after that year, or like, full year of being out, is when I f- then started, like, being active online to, like, say some stuff. Then that's when... I've entered the anger phase mm-hmm. and I, I was, I was mad about my experience. I was mad about what they had done to us, but I was also getting mad at some of the people I was reaching out to from my past life because there were some people who made me feel guilty and mm-hmm. like, as if I did owe them an apology, even though they never once tried to be my friend or yeah. any of that, like they were, they were those types of friends who yeah. weren't ever initiating anything all those years. There were mm-hmm. some who did do that and, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about them. Um, so anyway, it got to a point where I'm like, you know, fuck you. I'm not going to apologize for anything. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, I don't owe anyone an apology. Right. Actually, I deserve an apology. Right. And I, How and, come you guys didn't come get me? Yeah, like, I was just so <laughs> mad. But so, and a lot of kind of like my coping mechanisms early on, I would say, weren't the healthiest, you know, because I was, because I didn't know who, I was still trying to figure out who I was at the time mm-hmm. because I had forgotten all those years and so immediately when I left, I kind of had gone back to bad habits because that's all I could remember of myself was like, oh, before I joined on me, I like to party. And mm-hmm. so maybe that I'll just do that. And and then it, but it got to the point where I was like, that's not the best way. And so so that eventually led me to finding my love and passion of nature and hiking. And because I was like, I need a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, there was someone who had kind of helped reintroduce me to that and and it made me remember like this is actually this is who I am yeah I this is why I moved to Colorado in the first place was like I wanted to I always had dreamt of being a landscape photographer for National Geographic and I was like I want to and so as in high school and stuff I was like I got to live in Colorado someday that makes sense you always put the most beautiful pictures (laughs) that that was really good work um I always loved photography and um so anyway when I started hiking again, that's when I was able to find a healthy uh, hobby. But when I would be out there, hi- hiking is a great activity because it does put you in a meditative state, like saying a distance runner or something like that. So you, you know, and it's this physical activity. So you're, I mean, you put you in this wavelength and especially being out in nature, I could get to this like really nice place where I could think about it. And I just sort of do, I, I kind of coined this phrase, but I call them trail prayers because I don't, so I'm not someone who's religious anymore or anything, but, um, I just kind of thought of like, if I just get what's 
on my mind, if I just get it out into the universe and instead of praying to a God, I would just, I would talk to myself. Yeah. I would pray to me. And that's another thing, like yoga is helpful to kind of mm -hmm. help like be more mindful and mm -hmm. spiritual and that kind of thing. So whatever was bothering me, whatever if I was struggling or if I was mad, I mean, I would, I would say it as if I was talking directly to that person. And each time like I'll do a hike, I would, I would choose really challenging hard hikes because that was also therapeutic and it helped me build my confidence because it's like, if I can do this, you know, then I can do anything. Mm. And so, it, and I would think about the church and like, it just helped me get more confidence to be away yeah. and, um, and just shape and really figure out like, who do I want to be though going forward? Mm -hmm. What, you know, what kind of life would I be happy with? What does it look like? And it gives you, know? you that like God space mm -hmm. without the like shit. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Without it's the like, drama of like being in a cult. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I get, I get to choose. Yeah. I get to choose. You get what's to like on. resonate on that level because mm -hmm. that's like, that's mm -hmm. a confusing feeling when you're like, I don't really believe in God anymore, mm -hmm. but I do but feel what, like magical and Yeah, connected. well, it's the same. That's, like, that's the way I describe it is like the way it makes me feel is exactly the way it would, has ever made me feel when I've ever been religious, yeah. you know? Like, I get that same sense of inspiration. But see, that's crazy love. because when you're in the church, you don't think you can ever feel happy yeah. outside of the church. But then when you get out and you're like, oh my God, I can feel peaceful out here. There's there are so nice many people things, out here. So many things that will like, allow what? you to feel that same exact thing. We yes. had that talk conversation a lot. You would say, like, it must be so, like, sad for you to not believe that mm -hmm. you're going to go to heaven, that mm -hmm. you don't have, you know, and I'm like, it's not really. I feel, like, pretty happy. I feel like I just I don't connect. think about it. Yeah. I just don't think I about it. I resonate on, like, a God level when I need to, not, like, that I, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. I get I get that, like, inspirational. I feel yeah. like the birds are singing, you know. Yeah. Like, you still feel I, I appreciate feelings. life. Yeah. Like, I appreciate living life in all forms, like, the being connected to living things. Which you yeah. never had when we were there. No. Because we were talking about how there would be days when we wouldn't even leave the church. Oh, yeah. I mean, we would yeah. go preaching, but... Other than that, like you, like don't you are spend not, time you are not the spending, sunshine. yeah, you're not getting you exercise, you're not getting <laughs> yeah. any of those kind of things. Um, yeah, but that's the thing is like it puts me in that place where I feel that same exact feeling where that feeling of being inspired by the Holy Spirit. I'm like, yeah, yeah. now I would call it Mother Nature, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, that's right. my spirituality and yeah. that's my sanctuary, For and sure. so uh, that's been a really a nice way to kind of fill that void, you know, because um, I'm sure a lot of people don't know how to resolve that, and that's another reason they go back, is like, For sure. yeah. I feel this emptiness or mm -hmm. something, and so to me, it's like, my religion is that I get to be the one in charge, you right. know, like, I get to decide what's best for me. In charge of my own me. mind. Mm -hmm. Tell, yeah, that I, sounds very similar to mm -hmm. kind of how Tony's, I see Tony mm -hmm. beginning to do. To like, me, it's, it's a beautiful thing, yeah. because um you know, then, then you're not, it's a real freedom. It's a real freedom. And you don't feel this sense of guilt because you're not thinking about sin. You're mm -hmm. just thinking about being true to yourself. Right. Like, what, what do I need? Do you feel what like I... you're extremely simple now that you're out? I don't either. Like they make no. you feel like, like you're like so sinful. I'm a good person. Like, you know, yeah, like you know, I, I try to do right by everybody. Right. And yeah. to me, it's like, I'm the I I feel like I'm the best version of myself that I've ever been in my sure. entire life. Yeah. You know, I feel like um, I'm a better person now than yeah, I've even in there. Way better. Like, yeah, because I I could see you struggling with having to choose between, like, the family wanting you to be at an event or something. I just saw like so much, like conflict in you all mm -hmm. the time, and mm -hmm. I I it's not fun. you have yeah. a freedom now to say like. 
I don't want to go do that thing, but it's not because my church t- is telling you that. Like, I'm setting a boundary or I'm mm-hmm. not Boundaries doing this thing. Boundaries are huge. Because yeah. I want to, I don't want to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And which is, like, perfectly okay and, like, mm-hmm. acceptable as a grown adult yeah. to say those things, you know. Another thing in the first year, though, of being out that I really struggled with was just allowing myself to relax. Mm-hmm. I always felt like that I had to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And that was something that someone had pointed out because if they would call me and it's a Saturday and I'm literally just on the couch doing nothing, I had to feel like this person could tell that I was making up a story that I'm doing something when I really wasn't, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And and they pointed that out and I'm like, oh, you're so right. Like I remember I... one time at the small church, mm-hmm. pastor didn't want to put chairs in the um, lobby. Because he didn't want people um sitting around. Oh like, yeah. Talking and yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's not really what you do. You like you don't sit. No. You don't relax. You, you don't, don't waste time. You don't have a uh, foolish conversation. No, 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 no. no. So you to know, just loo- like sit around, no. Because that can like soften your mind mm-hmm. and cause you to be comfortable. Uh-huh. Like being comfortable uh-huh. is a no no yep. of that that's place. That's why you guys felt sinful. I mean, yeah. that's why you thought you would be sinful. Well, mm-hmm. well, and that's, that's why so he. Weird. That's why his strategy is to always have something going on. Yeah. And especially the construction projects. Mm-hmm. Like, so if, in terms of if prophecy was kind of quiet at that mm-hmm. time, what are we Easy doing? Work. We're yeah. building something. Are we we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pointing our fingers and yes. going, I really, <laughs> you remember, <laughs> remember it. YouTube videos coming uh, soon. Yeah. We should, um, we should connect it. Can you do that in the notes? Yeah, I don't put know. A, put I don't a link know. in it. Do it. Because yeah, here's the thing. Here, here's what's hard for me with this podcast mm-hmm. is being so legal. Right. I want to shout their name. Like, right. I want to I want right. to say exactly who's right. who and what's what. And I'm what. sure we'll be right. fine, but we're yeah. just like, that's not really. I But right. I totally get it. I, I, I would not want the headache. I wouldn't want the headache of finding an attorney and spending money on Like, no, I don't want that kind of drama in my life. Because I don't think that we would lose. I don't think we're doing anything outside of our We are protected by the first Sure, we are sure. totally okay. I just don't even want to begin that process. Yeah. I just I don't want to be paranoid. Because like, yeah, you know, somebody's following me or something. Yeah. yeah. I, I do remember that I was also afraid when I first left, like, because like I wasn't sure if they were just, work or something. yeah, that they yeah. were just going to show up yeah. and try to get me to come they, back. I, I didn't know where I lived, so. When I, when I used to live with Tony, when she first, like, the first year or two. Mm-hmm. When I was in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Maybe you got sick or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but you didn't. You didn't go for a few days, mm-hmm. and they came to our apartment looking for you. Really? Uh, yeah. You. See, I think. Um. I think your first baby was sick, oh. and so you were out for like three days. He was like oh. puking or something. Oh. It was when they when both of them got like kind of sick. Mm-hmm. Remember? Oh yeah. And um, we were just like held up in our apartment with sick mm-hmm. babies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they came to the door looking for you. And they said, "Well, we're just worried about them. We haven't seen them at church for a few days." And I was like, "Those motherfuckers are weird." Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really know a lot then. I see. Just well, like, that's the thing. That was a common thing that if someone didn't show up, yeah. or whatever, like you go. I'm trying to think, house. like I didn't go for days. Like whoa, I'm yeah, we, for we were sick. I remember us all being like. Oh, even if you were like deadly sick, <laughs> no, you know it's yeah. okay if you, you spread still it. Go. I'm you come and get your blessing. Like, like with COVID now, but I, I, I've wondered that too. Where it's like, I bet a lot of people. Because think about how rain. often they shake hands and like how close proximity. Doing service at home, I think. I don't yeah. know, but. I'm sure they're having a field day though with mm-hmm. it being like a sign of the end. Right, right, yeah, look right. at look at this pestilence, right, you know. Yeah, right, right. But um. But no, I, I remember being terrified and because I thought they would show up yeah. uh, someday or that they would call me 
luckily and surprisingly, none of that happened. They like they let me go, and I think it's like what you're saying, going back to when I started going back to school, like. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he knew I was a lost cause. It was that shunning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, forget him. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's not worth mm-hmm. it or anything. That's so devastating. How sad, yeah. because he spent all That's those so years. like Yeah. I actually, like, had a deep love for a pastor, you know, yeah. and his wife. It's a love And in a way, I sure. do still, which is, yeah. like, yeah. I have good days it's and bad strange. days about that. But, it's very um, strange. But, so, one thing I would do, though, early on, like, really early after leaving... There were times where I would drive past the church just Aww. to like go, kind of go spy and yeah. like see what's going on. Yeah. But that I would sense. be terrified. Okay, it's you. Yeah, and I would be <laughs> like, so I'd be pulling up, and as soon as I get there, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I've been in a, I've been in a breakup before. I've definitely done. Yeah, totally. Like, but I would just, I would, you know, like I was still like, I want to, like, I wanted to see if I could find something that somehow like, would expose them right, in some kind of way. Right. But it was just normal. Right. You know, late at night, people yeah. coming and going. For sure. and, but anyway, but I, I was just so afraid and I couldn't face them. Right. And that kind of leads me to another thing I want to talk about as part of the recovery thing. Some things I've gone through that have been challenging part of the process. It's about nightmares. Mm. Um, so I I don't know when I started having them. Um, maybe it was within the first year, maybe after. But I would have a reoccurring nightmare. Mm. And the nightmare would be... You know, I would start off and it'd be like friends from all throughout my life. And I'm talking and, you know, like mingling and everything. But then that group of people, they would morph into people from the church. Yeah. And, but it would be still be like, I'd be like excited to see him in the dream. Like, oh, hey, oh, what's up? Mm. And, but then, but cause I wouldn't realize where I was at. Cause it's almost like everything's dark in the dream except for the faces, you Mm. know? And when I would realize who they were, then suddenly, like, then the walls, like, you know, come in or fall in around me. Mm. And then I'm, like, in the church. Mm. And then I start panicking because I'm like, what the hell am I doing back here? And then everything changes where it's not this pleasant dream anymore. And then everyone's trying to keep me there. Mm. And I would always struggle is trying to escape from the building and, you know, trying to find a door that's unlocked, mm. you know, but they're all like behind me and I'm just trying to get out. And then I wake up mm. and just be in a panic and a sweat. Mm. And, and that went on for years. Mm. Well, so once I once I um, did my ritual and burned my stuff, you know, mm. after that, I just stopped having dreams for like two years. And once so but now I've been having dreams about them again lately after I'm listening sorry. to the podcast. No, it's OK. <laughs> because Here's why. Now in my dreams, it still remains a good situation. I was explaining mm. this to my mom and sister recently. And like, now it's like I have a control mm. of what happens in the dream. Mm. And so here's an example that I thought it was a funny dream. But the scenario was that I'm in this building and it's maybe it's like a preparation day, but like people are like kind of running around getting preparation things Preparation day is Friday. Friday before um, Sabbath. You're getting all, like uh, making preparations. Yeah, okay. And um, anyway... I was able to like walk and just kind of listen to people's conversations like group by group. And there's this one missionary, a Korean missionary and Korean deaconess, um, the one who is in charge of the orchestra and his wife. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're talking and the scenario is that he's rebuking her because, you know, she was well known for being a very good singer, oh, right? But in this dream, he's he's calling her out because I guess they were rehearsing and he's, and he's like... 
you really not good singer. You you lip sing. Oh. And she's like, no, I don't. No, I don't. And she's like, I'll prove it. And she starts singing and it's awful. Oh. And so we it revealed that this whole time she's just been lip singing. And, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And, and I just like walk off like kind of chuckling. Like those two. Those oh, two hilarious. are always at it. And then, and then I come up and then there's Pastor. Uh-huh. And... Um, pastor and some like other you know teachers and members and I remember at first being like oh shit but then I was like hey pastor um should should uh, we be out preaching right now or is it okay if we just go-kart instead and then like <laughs> this go-kart track shows up and and he go he looks and he's like Go cots. Oh, <laughs> and I was like high fiving the brothers, like he's in a good mood today. Oh, <laughs> and then and then I was able to just casually walk outside. Oh. And then there's like this whole different situation. Like it's mm. I won't go into that, it's just some weird random situation. And then I ended the after this weird thing occurred and there's like this whole crowd watching what's happening outside. I'm like wow, that's weird. Man, I got to pee. And like, <laughs> I, then I woke up, I'm like, oh, I got to pee. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But yeah, and it ended up, I woke up and I was like, hey, that's a breakthrough. That's awesome. And it's just this hey, funny thing. Hey, we gave thing. him a dream breakthrough. Yeah. yeah. So now it's not this dream like scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Um, I even had a dream I last night. comment about yeah. nightmares, that people have a lot of nightmares coming yeah. in. Yeah. I, I even had a dream last night. Well, some of the dreams that I've had, I've had them a lot lately. And I, each time though, what's happened is that when I'm encountering pastor in the dream, I'm finding ways to like outsmart him mm. and like, <laughs> and to like deceive him. Mm. And, but like, I, I make him believe I'm like about to do something that they want me to do, <laughs> but I have this plan of like, how I'm going to get out and get away. And, and that's like, and I'm like, Oh, he believed me. Feel for it. You know, like I'm driving my car and then my car turns into something else and it's a different yeah. dream. But like, but that's that's so that's been I'm really thankful for that because now when I have them, it, it's just not scary anymore. And I, I'm like, it's interesting because it's in my subconscious, and that's why these, you know, because I think at first too I would question the dreams and get nervous about it. I'm like, are they trying to contact me through my dreams? And you know, really like worry. And now it's just like. I know enough about the human mind to understand why dreams occur. It's like right. it's, God's not trying to contact right. me. You're trying God's to process not, your right. Yeah, it's like it's still, and that's how it lets me know right. that I still have healing right. to do because because um, they're still occurring, you know. Right. And so, and I, you know, and I honestly thought I was in a great place um, prior to listening to your, your podcast. And I'm like, as you have mentioned some stories that I've kind of forgotten about, it's just kind of true. I'm like, oh man, and like maybe maybe I'm not a hundred percent yet. But I I'm, wonder if we ever will be. I well, wonder if I've it's always, something that yeah. we'll always have our whole life. And I've always heard from like therapists and just stuff like where it can take the same amount of time that you're in it to like fully recover, or in some cases, for some people, <sighs> like even double that. So they're yeah. so the point being is like be patient with yourself right. and right. like give yourself credit right. and. Um, don't don't feel like you have to be like don't, yeah don't, you guys are again. on the other side of, yeah. of right. the hard yeah part. and just like look at it as a journey and right. don't don't put the pressure on yourself that you have to be at some certain right. point at this point in time right. like there's there's no one like that's unnecessary right. you know it is up to you to define your own happiness right. and it's up to you to like love yourself and do what's necessary mm-hmm. to to, to heal like right. don't ignore it is right. the main thing just right. don't don't shove it out I spent a lot of time ignoring yeah. it 
<laughs> I I get it. I get it because it's heavy and yeah. it's and it's weird and you know all that yeah. kind of stuff. But it is weird. I I, I I felt like when for like the first year, it wasn't that you were like ignoring it. I felt like you were just kind of like dazed. Just mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're in shock. Okay, shock. like shock. I'm going to this birthday party on a Saturday. That's yeah, like, I don't I, I I don't feel completely great being here, but yeah. okay. But yeah, like, like on the awkward things I'm no. talking about. Yeah, yeah. no, like, like I you, should be at church, I think, but I don't want to. Do you and, mind sharing your um your story about your ritual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I love that. Um, so. One thing that I think is a positive that has come out of being in this group is, like, learning about how to make goals. Um, I I sucked at it while being in the group because they were not my personal goals. We're constantly making goals there. Yeah, and but that was one thing that the pastor was very skilled in is, like, having a very clear, defined focus for the year, but then making everybody else be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I, I could not do that when I was in that group. But after leaving, I've been able to do that for my own life. Because I am able to, like, focus on something that I care about, and I make my whole year about it. Like, I think of the year as a thing. And so, um, like, 2017, the whole thing. Yeah, with the new year coming up. Yeah. And so, instead of doing a resolution where you right. beat yourself up, because I'm not, you're like, make it something fun. Like, that's yeah. going to make you a better person. So, because mm-hmm. like, there's things that are required, depending on what the goal is, you do have to make those changes that people want to make when they say my new year's resolution is to stop doing this or whatever Mm -hmm. don't think of it like that think of what you want to do Mm -hmm. because naturally you will make those changes in order to succeed of whatever that goal is right so i had made um uh yeah so anyway each year like had this different focus and a lot of it was based around like my outdoor goals stuff like that and so in 2019 the focus of that year was really i I kept telling my mantra was like, go further, go beyond. Mm -hmm. And so the focus of that year was getting better at skiing and backpacking, doing solo backpacking trips as often as possible and hiking as many big mountains uh, that we have in the state as I could. But I I noticed that I, like I had the church Bible or books and stuff. Like they had been in the corner for a long time because I held on to them thinking like, Oh, I might, these might be handy to help someone later in life, but then it just got to the point where I'm like, I doubt I'm going to, you know, where's the opportunity? It's like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's doing more damage lingering around. Looking at them all the yeah, time. Yeah, I'd rather just get rid of them. So what I did, each time when I had a trip planned, I would take two to three books, and I, um, so I would, the whole thing is like, I would hike this really hard hike and complete it, and then when I get to my campsite at night, as a way to celebrate, like, conquering this mountain, and my, I looked at the mountains, like, metaphorically, and I, and I, in, in relation to the church, like, how they're my mountain that I have to, like, conquer, right, and so at the end of the day, I would take those Bibles, and I'd use, or books, to use them as kindling for the fire, and, like, so I was ripping out page by page, get my fire going, and then when it would get big enough, then I would just have this special, like, kind of ceremony to myself, and I'd look at whatever that particular book was, and I'd, kind of remember what it meant to me or what you know what the content of the book is and then I would eventually then just have this moment and I would just watch it burn and then I would just laugh and kind of be like oh these assholes knew what I was doing like like I'm sticking I felt like I was sticking it to them like hell yeah I got you so uh, so I did that just over the year and um, I saved the notorious or infamous um, green book for my very final trip and um 
I actually had three books. They were, they were, but they were. It was that book of uh, regular uh, regulations of ceremony. Mm-hmm. That that's like a very mm-hmm. only deacons get that book. Right. I got that one. I had my new song book, and then the green book. And I had two buddies with me, and I let them both burn one a piece. And that was another thing about it too. I let like some of these books I gave to people I really cared about to let, you know, people who were affected by it, mm-hmm. and like my brother, and we would have a moment together, and I let him burn it too and at first he was against it and then when he realized what i was saying he's like fuck yeah give that to me (laughs) and uh but anyway so on this final trip i give my buddy who loved music i gave him the new song book and the other guy who has always been jaded by religion his whole life i gave him this regulation of ceremonies book Mm -hmm. and i explained to him what it was and Mm -hmm. he was like hell yeah yeah burned it and so after they went to bed that's when i had my own special moment with the green book and um you know, because that's, that's, that book's everything to them. And so, anyway, I, I threw it in there, and I'm watching it burn, and it landed upright. You know, it's standing in the fire like this. And as it's burning, the pages start, like, fanning out. And, and like, there's a glow from the fire and stuff. And as I'm looking at it, I swear on everything, it changed into, like, the profile of a wolf. And in, in the Bible, a wolf is a false prophet. Ah. And so that book, as it burned down and mm. decomposed, I saw an image of a wolf. Mm. And I was like, oh, no way. You know? And I was like, but how appropriate. Yeah. How appropriate. Yeah. And I was like, because that's exactly what they are. Yeah. And so, but I did that. And um, we the reason we were doing this trip was like each one of us had like a big life change coming up like one of them was going to be a father this other guy like uh you know maybe got a promotion or something and i was just beginning my journey of trying to pay off my debt from this group i had avoided it for years i got into trouble i was getting subpoenas and mm-hmm. stuff for, like from creditors and they were going to garnish my wages so i had a, i got a second job and so that's what was about to begin with me. And so for, you know, pretty much all of 2020, I was working to pay off these debts and stuff. And I'm now almost 100% done. I'm very happy about that because that was like 20 plus grand, you know. And I'm now down to like three. So, um, but that's, that's, but I, yeah, I finally got to the point where I'm like, even though these aren't my debts, because I was, I was being rebellious and stubborn and just yeah. thinking that if, if I felt sorry for myself that someone else would too, and they'd be like, yeah, all right, you don't need it. But it's banks. Banks right, don't give a yeah. shit who, right. who, who, who swiped the card right. and seen your name. Right. So, so I had to do it. And um, anyway, but that was the thing. And really from, really from that point on until now, it just really hasn't been anything that I think about. You know, um, I have a wonderful, wonderful girlfriend now. Give you a shout-out, Cindy. I love you. <laughs> oh, I haven't met her. <laughs> yeah, haven't she, she's in Oklahoma, but... Yeah. That was around the time that we were starting to get to know each other and stuff. And really, like, ever since that ceremony and, like, it was, like, starting this new chapter and meeting her, like, my that's what my focus has been on. It's about the future that I want to have. I want to have with her. And, you know, I, I always tell people how happy I am. And I, I guess if there's one thing that could make it better is if she and I didn't have to do long distance, you yeah. know. But um, she... Uh, encouraged me to come on today. She's awesome. Um, but anyway, it's just how exciting you get to like experience love the world. Yeah, like, like real, real, love. like way. real. Love. Yes, it's so like a exciting. real romance, and it's and yes, it's like cool. the healthiest relationship that I've ever had that I think anyone could have. You know, yeah. it's it's awesome. And uh, but really, you know, she she listened to the phone recording the other day, and 
But you know, it's something I've not haven't really gone into much detail about with her because, but it's because I feel like it's irrelevant, you right. know. And so. Oh God, not, she's gonna be shocked. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Some of these yeah. But you know, she's excited to listen, yeah. and um, but yeah, but that was the thing that she told me. She was like, "Wow, she's you know, hearing you talk to someone else who's been in." She's like, "I." It was just kind of mind blowing because I I just hadn't heard any of that stuff and and she wanted to ask me more and everything and and that's the thing that I think is cool about anyone who speaks out when you do it you don't really know what kind of effect it's going to have on other right. people and you and you don't know who's going to be listening right. and so you really don't think anyone is listening mm-hmm. too I mean that's how I felt a lot um, early on and it's just kind of surprising though mm-hmm. of the how helpful it is and and like i mean there's people who aren't even involved but it's their family members and they hear and they reach out and it's like this is amazing but we've heard from a a few people that's like i almost cried when i read one it was like a family member Uh uh whose family member's still in there and yeah uh, i think i cried when i read that email and i was like just try if you can to be there ready for them when they come out you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that's and that's and that's the same thing that my I think my family if they could be here that's what they would say too is just like be patient be patient because they realize that I just had to realize on my own yeah um, had they done something drastic like uh, physically remove me from mm-hmm. there and hire someone to like mm-hmm. deprogram me been like, that would have totally killed our relationship right. that would have pissed me off so bad and and reiterated what the church was teaching yeah right. exactly and so the way that i left was exactly the way it needed to be done yeah. because it was my own choice mm-hmm. and my family just never lost hope you know mm-hmm. like we did lose touch and but they could they saw a difference in me after 2012 and when i was doing the orchestra mm-hmm. stuff they saw like me coming back mm-hmm. that's what they tell me and um so they knew it was a matter of time, and then and then whenever I finally made that phone call, like I said, I mean, my even my mom and her husband had come out to visit um, right away, and and we actually met up with the my friend um, who got me involved. We met up with his parents because they were living they were living in Colorado at the time, um, and we all got together, and she, and she gave me like all these books. Um, she had tons of stuff, and she she had written a book about he and I being a, like a fictional book. Um, mm. But, um, anyway, it was just, that was the best thing that could have happened is that the family just be responsive when the time came, right. you know, and, uh, and not a moment before. And, and not, right. and not angry. Yeah. Not like, mad at all. Mad not shaming. Right. Like yeah. me and my family shared tons and tons of tears over the years talking about it. Yeah. I do think it was if not the hardest thing is one of the hardest things that's ever happened to my immediate family because I'm the middle child. You know, the things that were going on in my family before I joined is like my parents had divorced a year before that. Um, I had a death in the family of my, my aunt who was, I can, you know, I really respected her. I had lived with her and my uncle at one point. She had, uh, she died from cancer. Like when, when we found out it was very quick, mm-hmm. you know, so that was, that happened all around the same time. And so my family had felt broken already. Mm-hmm. So when I joined, a big thing was that I thought I found the answer. I thought I found the See, thing that's going to bring... See, you the perfect moment of your life yeah. to hear that message yeah. and think, okay. Because I wasn't even looking for church. Right. But they... Be, everything they said resonated with how I already felt about general right. Christianity. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, so you, there is a problem. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, you have a conspiracy in there? Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, really? You the know? Oh, so the Pope is the Antichrist. Yes. That's interesting. Right. So I just thought that uh, 
everything that the, I, th I thought they were the solution. Right. And so it was, um, it was really hard. You know, I expected my family to be so excited, excited. Me and too. joyful because they were like, Christians. Guess what? And, and I was someone who was away from church. So I thought they'd just be happy. One, that I was going to church. Yeah. Two, that I was so excited about in that it was Bible based. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I've seen those videos, guys. What videos? The one, like you sent me that one last night. Uh -huh. That's what they <laughs> tell you is supposed to happen when you join the church. Why isn't your family so happy for you? Those stupid mm. cartoon videos. Mm. Mm. It's like. I hate those why videos. Why isn't my family so happy for me? Yeah. yeah but I you do feel mad. mad. You're just like, why aren't you guys listening to well, me? And it just reinforces, as, you, as you've said before, it reinforces everything they're teaching because you're being persecuted right. and you're like, I must have the truth because I've never seen them respond this right. way ever. Right. Like, and it's really because they're just like, we miss you and we love you. And, and, and they're so concerned. And they're like, but in all honesty, <laughs> you guys do not react that calmly. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, families get mad. Oh, but my, my family, it, it got with very fight, explosive. Yeah. Um, argue, all yeah. that. We with dad, that. me and dad got in a big um, fight about Christmas. Yeah. When it comes to Christmas, <laughs> yeah. dad, and yeah. holidays, yeah. that's just like me and my dad, really uh, hard. Sorry, dad. Um, there was a, there was a <laughs> year me and my dad got in a violent argument oh. over the phone because, so my parents live in Oklahoma, but my dad's side is here in Colorado and he had come out for Thanksgiving and this was def I definitely thought Thanksgiving was wrong too. They mm -hmm. try to Christianize Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. okay. and so um, they, even though it's not religious in nature, mm -hmm. it's a very healthy uh, thing that we should practice as people is to focusing on what we're thankful right. for, yeah. and that's that's the main point. Right. But they made it seem like, oh, you know, uh, you're eating food sacrificed to idols right. and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so we were we were told not to do that. Yeah. Um, and so my dad had come out, and because I was refusing to go join them, I mean, it turned into this whole thing. Because he was out visiting. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, why don't you want to come see your family? And and I tried to tell him how it was a sin, and we, you know, we we're having a biblical debate. And it, I mean, we were yelling at each other. I think we, that's... But we both lost our cool, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, and you know, I, I wish I could take that back, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just... It makes Thanksgiving that much more Works. exciting. Uh, what? Which part? Uh, now every, when you celebrate it? Every year they yeah, get to now, celebrate. Yeah, now I love Thanksgiving. Sure. Yeah. Like, I love but it. But did you, you eventually know. celebrate Thanksgiving as time went on or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So then they changed it that you could go. Oh, no, no. Not while I was oh, in, the, in church. the church. No, in the church, never. See, never. we didn't at first, but no. then we did later. I never did. Uh, well, and that was the other thing, too. It's like, so but there were, did come a way. Like yeah, in the office or house churches too. Yeah, and because there, there was a point in time where I think they were saying you could like mm -hmm. go join, but then it's like my family had given up on inviting mm -hmm. me to right. that kind of stuff, right. and they weren't so they weren't coming to Colorado right. to do holidays. Right. So if I, even if I wanted to, right. they weren't local, right. you know. So, um, so I just but I just chose not to because mm. um, I always I was already kind of weird about holidays for personal reasons before joining the group. So when they were mm -hmm. telling us we couldn't, I'm like, no problem. Yeah. Cool. I, I think Christmas sucks. Yeah. It's all commercialized. <laughs> yeah, like, so everyone's those, so damn greedy. Those explanations yeah. of, like, Christmas, mm -hmm. Halloween, like, like kind of, It's like, you guys just helped my Thanksgiving case. Thanksgiving for our family yeah. was like, that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Why can't you celebrate Thanksgiving? Yeah. 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 So, so, 
But that's the thing. They they Christianized it and made you afraid that every single family, they're going to pray in the, to Jesus mm-hmm. before eating the food. And yeah. it's a custom in America to hold hands mm-hmm. and be around. If that's you're a part of that. My family does do that. We, and mine, family mine family did, too. Yeah. Mine did, too. But Tony would leave and I would just follow her. Yeah, see, I love that story. Where you're yeah. like, wait, this isn't fair. We'd all sit downstairs <laughs> while everybody else was. And my family would be like, Lindsay, you're just. Like, you, you cheat her. Cheat her. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but, she doesn't uh, have to do it. I'm not doing it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You're yeah. like, all right, cool. Like, I kind of like That's my like, least favorite thing if you're in, like, um, when you go to a funeral or something. Yeah. And they're like, everybody bow your heads and pray. And I'm like, I'm being such a dick, but I feel, like, so disingenuous to pretend like I'm praying. Yeah. I'll look yeah. at my so, shoes. Mm-hmm. Just like. It's just, I don't really, yeah. like, do, I don't really never. That's, like, a social Or, like, remember when people would pray around you and, like, in your head you're like, just praying, praying, yeah, praying, praying yeah. to, uh, yeah, <laughs> totally, your, um, totally. Does your youngest son still pray for his food? Say, Father, thank you, Father. Mark. He doesn't, but that was one thing that was really interesting. Not hard for him to stop. Not that it's a bad mm-hmm. thing to be thankful for your food, mm-hmm. but it was something like he says from the moment he was born, he prayed for his food. I remember sure. how like religiously we prayed for our sure, food. But like a sure. full I mean, we eat a, a bite oh, of yeah. gum. No, yeah. You uh, for your thank you, Father. My, um, oh, yeah. uh, my breast stinks. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fasting for three days. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and people didn't realize this they could brush good. their teeth during that time. <laughs> it was like, is that really bro, true? Yeah, like, brother, your breath smells like shit <laughs> right now. Did you eat cat shit teeth? today? Because I'm telling you, he's like, no, I'm just fasting. He's like, you can brush your teeth, man. Like, his fasting is a dream. Either. Yeah, so you, you he gets so dried no out. No it's water. Like, right. People then, would do three day fasts. I never did. It's I think like I, I lasted a day and a half, half, and that was as much as I could go because I was like, no, I need some water. <laughs> <laughs> but then but, you feel like you failed. Like, oh, you know, yeah. You never you enough. never feel good about ending your yeah, fast because you're like, was it long enough? Was it like, did I pray hard enough? I've heard of people doing 10 day fasts. Yeah, right. But I mean, no, it's not possible. No, no, no. No. Chad, no. thank you so much this for coming. This is so fun. Yeah. This has been really fun. Yeah. Right, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, we'll definitely do this again. Yeah, yeah let's absolutely. Do it. Let's yeah. do it often. I feel yeah, like I, we have so much yeah, I mean, to yeah, I, I mean, I if you I guys are like open to it, I would, like to, I would like to be a co-host. For sure. Or like, yeah, just, right. or like a, a regular, regular guest. For sure. Yeah. yeah. For um, sure, regular. If you guys have any specific questions for Chad, send them to us. Hit me up, please. Hit us up and we can talk about it next time. Do you want us to post your, like, per... Any, well, anything that Chad wants us to add to the show notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not will. sure what's best, but we We're, can figure that out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. We might have show notes, so like look at the links below. Yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> always, yeah, whatever. I'm talking yeah. into the computer. Like, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to do something somewhere sometime. Um, another thing that you said that I think is a really good idea, mm-hmm. if anyone wants to share via our email like with their 2022... Like, oh, like, yeah. like year long mm-hmm. resolution or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call that's it. That's a good yeah. idea. Your goal, your mantra. Yeah. Your long mantra. Something, I think that'd yeah, be cool it, to like, something that you want to like just focus on repeatedly and it's not meant to make you feel like you failed, but it's just right. if so you, you if you do it at all, it's going to make your life better. Yeah. yeah and like that's so. that thing that's just like nagging at you to go do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I'd yeah. be pissed off that I didn't. Yeah. X, Y, or Z. One yeah. of my favorite years was 2018, and that focus that year was new experiences. Cool. So everything mm-hmm. I did that one. year, the focus was, what is something I've never done? That's a good one. So I went, I learned to ski that year, I think. Yeah, it was that year. 
and I went whitewater rafting. I, uh, you know, I, oh, I, I was just doing all so kinds of stuff I'd so never fun. done. And it was seriously like the funnest yeah. year. Like it was great. That's and I have awesome. so many good memories because of that. And, and I think that's an important part of how you move on is because right now, if you're only been out for a little bit, so much of your mind is consumed with memories of the past. Mm-hmm. But, and you're like, I don't know what to do now. And so really it's, I, this has been effective for me because it allows me to make new memories yeah. that I enjoy. Right. That are and, disconnected from that. Yeah, totally, right. and totally different. Yeah. And um, it gives you satisfaction. It helps you build your confidence. Um, and it also helps you make friends along the way yeah. and to where people who have similar interests. Rebuild your community. Yeah, yeah, because that's a big thing, rebuilding your life. Right. And yeah. so... Um, Cool. Right. So playing in traffic. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming. This is great. At yeah. Gmail. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. At gmail.com. Email us if you want. You don't have to. Just do it for yourself. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. don't need to tell us about it. Be your it. own Just, boss. Yeah. Be your own boss. Be your own You're boss. not controlling your that's, mind. That's the yeah. main thing. Yeah, do what yeah. you want. It's yeah. your life. You don't have to do that. You can do that or not do it. Yeah. Anyways, thanks. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next See time. See you later. You want to say? Boom, baby. Yeah. <laughs>